0: He's working
1: for the president, he's working for our country. Alien life, like pedophile, you know, and it to tie all that together. Hey guys, uh, welcome listeners to the 35th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the YouTube episode. Uh, like and subscribe. Make sure to smash, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. Um, you know, uh, as always, we are your hosts, Jake
2: Rokotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. YouTube has been making headlines again. On March 29th, Kevin Roos published an article for the New York Times featuring a conversation with the chief product officer at YouTube who tried to deny the company's responsibility for what people are calling the rabbit hole effect, users being recommended more and more extreme videos, resulting in people being exposed to conspiracy theories, neo-Nazi propaganda, and other intellectually fraudulent content. Less than a week later, and much to the chagrin of YouTube, Mark Bergen published an article for Bloomberg claiming that executives at the company were purposefully avoiding the issue. Quote, Proposals to change recommendations and curb conspiracies were sacrificed for engagement, staff say. Damn. Damn. (laughs) Uh, to add insult to injury this was followed by a charlie warzel opinion piece in the new york times entitled quote big tech was designed to be toxic with the subtitle greed it's about greed (laughs) oh no why are people being so unfair to youtube well to figure it out we are going to take a look at the company's history the proliferation of QAnon youtube celebrities and the current state of affairs with none other than the aforementioned charlie warzel who covers the information wars for the new york times Oh, and uh, Jake is back, baby. Woo! And uh, he wants revenge for what we did to him. <laughs> uh, so he'll accomplish this by telling us his story. But before all that... QAnon News. First up, uh,
3: law enforcement takes an interest in 8chan in the wake of the Christchurch Massacre. In March, it appears that U.S. law enforcement and government agencies paid a lot of attention to 8chan, which is the home base of QAnon. Uh, every month, 8chan publishes a transparency report... Uh, This report includes the number of requests from law enforcement that the website received, as well as the number of times the site complied with those requests.
4: Cooper!
2: Cooper! What is this (laughs) HN?
3: Usually, uh, HN receives anywhere between zero to two law enforcement requests in a given month. However, according to 8chan, the site received and complied with 12 U.S. law enforcement requests for the month of March 2019. The mass murder in Christchurch, New Zealand probably accounts for the heightened law enforcement interest, but the true reason is unknown for the moment. Also in 8chan news, that the board owner of 8chan's Q-Research suddenly steps down. Mm. Uh, the moderator or board owner of 8chan Q-Research board announced on Saturday that he will be stepping down, quote, due to pressing IRL needs. I need to go to the bathroom, dude. According to the announcement, the moderation of the board will now be handled uh, as a group by the board volunteers. Oh,
2: fantastic. Shouldn't this always have been that way? Why do they have a vertical structure? I thought it's where we go when we go all.
3: You'd think. And, and it's, it's very strange how it's like, oh, sorry, I can't save the world from the evil cult. I got some, like, personal shit to take care of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my business is tanking. <laughs> Vice President Pence promotes anti-abortion film hours before the film's Twitter account promotes QAnon. So on April 1st, Vice President Mike Pence lavished praise on the anti-abortion film Unplanned just before organizers behind the movie promoted the QAnon conspiracy theory on Twitter. Uh, in a tweet from the at VP account, Pence said, quote, so good to see movie theaters across the country showing at Unplanned movie. About two hours later, the at Unplanned Movie Twitter account tweeted, Greater together, we stand together. Hashtag united, not divided. Where we go one, we go all. Unbelievable.
1: The history of YouTube with
5: Julian Field.
2: In 2004, three PayPal employees named, I kid you not, Chad Hurley, <laughs> Steve Chen, and Joed Kareem come up with a concept for a dating website they dub... Tune in, Hookup. They want to create a service where people can post videos of themselves for others to romantically consider. Unfortunately, the website is not embraced by users. The three fellas head to Craigslist, where they try to pay women $20 to post a video to their site. This fails, and the boys decide to pivot. They allegedly have a discussion around the 2004 Super Bowl halftime scandal, the one where Janet Jackson's nipple is briefly visible on stage. The boys remark that the video is surprisingly hard to find online yeah this is the history of youtube yep 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 yep. the video upload and sharing system they had originally designed for the dating website is repurposed and in february of 2005 they rename TuneIn hookup to youtube they work on making sure the uploading sharing and viewing of videos is as user-friendly as possible by april 2005 they post the very first video it's less than 20 seconds long and it features one of the co-founders hanging out at the san diego zoo it's titled me at the zoo Let's take a look. All right, so here we are, one of the uh, elephants. And the cool thing about these guys is that they have really, really, really long
5: um, trunks, and that's that's cool. And that's pretty much all there is to say. <laughs> he
2: literally, you can't hear it very well, but he's like, the I'm with the elephants. They have really, really long trunks, and that's about it. That's all there is to say. And that. He, launched but he, YouTube. But he
1: sounds like he's about to say dicks. He's like, <laughs> he's like the elephants. Oh, um, is that what? Is it? You he's think like, he's joking. They've about got it? really, really long. um. Trunks, trunks. Oh, that's
2: what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. But he's so bad at delivering it, I couldn't even tell he was right. making a joke.
1: Yeah, and then he's like, "So and that's that's about it." So, okay, so so far,
3: the inspiration from YouTube was wanting to see Janet Jackson's titty. Yeah. And The first the first yeah. YouTube video was a dick joke. So we're off to a great start. Yeah,
1: yeah it's actually it's, <laughs> it's true. It, yeah, it's it's rise to power is actually less. Uh, it seems uh, less
2: baffling uh, now. YouTube slogan: Where that titty at? Is. Uh, <laughs> <to be great. laughs> it's so stupid our entire history is, is just stupid nerds <laughs> getting boners and, and then ruining the entire
6: society
2: <laughs> nerd boners should be illegal uh so this video is a perfect example of how innocuous nerds wander dick forward into a new technology with the express purpose of making profit it always begins with cute elephants and ends in race science I should take that back because at the time I didn't know it was a dick joke. So it always begins with dick jokes and ends in race science, (laughs) is the correct statement there. By September of 2005, a video of Brazilian football player Ronaldinho juggling, which was uploaded as a promotional piece for Nike, becomes the first video to hit a million views. So, you know, we call it YouTube or whatever, but the truth is the first big video was already a corporate-sponsored video. In November, Sequoia Capital invests $3.5 million dollars. They add $8 million more in April of 2006 because YouTube is fucking blowing up. By the summer of 2006, 100 million views are occurring every single day on YouTube.com. 20 million visitors are visiting the site every month. The dominant age group is 12 to 17. Oh, shit. Things are, you know, going great. Yeah. That summer, YouTube also forms a partnership with NBC to put in place marketing and advertising. So, think about it this way they're advertising uh, the fact that they have access to 12 to 17, which is a very hard demographic to court if, yeah. you're, if you're an advertiser. But this one had no restrictions, had none of the TV restrictions. And they had no way to censor any of the ads or control what these people were clicking on. Yeah. So, you know, already uh, good, very good. And of course, all companies are like, I want in immediately. Of I course. want in. I want it. It's big. I want in. Yeah. Who cares about the fucking ethics?
3: So, 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 far, so to recap so far, we have Wanting to See Titty, a Dick Joke, and Controlling Children's Minds, sort of what's <laughs> launching YouTube. Yeah,
2: everything's fine. And NBC's already on board. <laughs> <laughs> By October of 2006, Google swoops in and buys YouTube for $1.65 billion. Chad Hurley makes $395 million. Steve Chen makes $326 million. I could not find info on the third guy, but I'm going to assume he got a decent payout as well. Oh my fucking god! So the dude, that dude, got up and put
1: up the elephant dick joke, and then walked away with three hundred and sixty-five
2: million dollars. Right. Like basically a year later. Yeah. Holy shit! So we're doing the like we're what thirty-five weeks in. Yeah. We're heading to what like we're almost at eighteen hundred a month. Guys, pick it the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> we need man. You know what we don't provide. Janet Jackson's titties. Maybe we should rename this podcast Janet Jackson's Left Tit. So at the time, YouTube is beginning to get in trouble for copyright infringement. They are having trouble controlling the uploading and sharing of copyrighted content, and other corporations start pressuring them legally to give them a piece of the pie. That year in a book titled Wikinomics, Don Tapscott and Anthony D. Williams say, This new
1: generation of companies is not burned by the legacies that inhibit the publishing incumbents, so they can be more agile in responding to customer demands more important they understand that they don't need to control the quantity and destiny of bits if they can provide compelling venues in which people build communities around sharing and remixing content free content is just the lure on which they layer revenue from advertising and premium services so
2: right at the beginning like it's already that you know and the idea that that the company understands you don't need to control the quantity and destiny of bits literally saying it does not matter what's in these videos it matters that we're able to grow and have people interact with each other. So already, they have that inkling, that seed of engagement over the well-being of human beings. So in 2006, Time Magazine calls YouTube Person of the Year. The image on the cover is just a YouTube screen with a mirror. Get it? It's, it's you. It's YouTube. You. It's all about you. It's people power. By 2007, YouTube uses as much bandwidth as the entire internet did in 2000. By 2008 they are cutting deals with MGM, Lionsgate Entertainment and CBS. The old guard is awake and they want in. That year the company gets a Peabody Award saying that the site quote embodies and promotes democracy. Nice. <laughs> ah, woo! Just like we uh, promoted democracy in the Middle East. <laughs> it's about the same. By 2010 they are hosting multiple shows, live sporting events, etc. That year, it is reported that YouTube streams 2 billion videos every day, which the Sydney Morning Herald notes is, quote, nearly double the primetime audience of all three major U.S. television networks combined. By 2010, YouTube also has 10,000 content partners, including Disney. YouTube is the third most visited site after Google and Facebook. In 2012, after broadcasting the U.S. presidential debate, YouTube retires their slogan, Broadcast Yourself. They redesigned their interface and logo, harmonizing their tablet and phone apps with their website interface. That year, Gangnam Style is the first video to hit 1 billion views. By 2013, YouTube has 1 billion unique visitors every single month. They expand by launching the YouTube Comedy Week and the YouTube Music Awards. People are not stoked about them. The company uses their auto-suggestion system to reroute people to the company's own YouTube channel. The technique works, and they soon grow larger than PewDiePie's channel, which is the reigning king at the time. In 2015, YouTube makes a small change to their platform that will have profound effect on its users. They enable autoplay by default, which means that when a video ends, the platform automatically plays another video recommended by its algorithm. This accelerates what will later be known as the rabbit hole effect. Before autoplay was the default, users would get recommended videos, but they had to click on them to continue. YouTube's change takes away the modicum of user control they used to have. The users most affected by this change, and this should come as no surprise, are children, the elderly, and the mentally vulnerable. People search for something innocuous and end up watching videos promoting conspiracy theories, violence, race science, white nationalism, etc. In 2017, the popular channel DaddyO5, parents that played pranks on their own kids, are accused of child abuse. They eventually delete their videos and lose the custody of two of their children. Oh my god. I guess it's DaddyO3 now. That same, year, <laughs> that same year, the YouTube Kids app, aimed at children, is accused of hosting videos featuring popular characters like Elsa from Disney film Frozen in violent, sexual, or disturbing situations. The term Elzagate is coined, and YouTube begins mass deletions of the aforementioned videos. YouTube is also accused of hosting videos where kids, under adult supervision, partake in inappropriate or dangerous activities. One of the biggest channels accused is called Toy Freaks. The channel is run by a dad whose two daughters are sometimes filmed vomiting or in extreme pain. YouTube deletes the channel, which at the time has 8.5 million subscribers, it is estimated that Toy Freaks made more than $11 million before it shut down. Oh my god. So all you have to do is torture your children. No. <laughs> you, can make a, you can make a lot of money. Uh, again, we're in the wrong business, boys. Yeah. Um, 2017 is quite a year for YouTube because they are forced by The Times to face a growing problem on the platform. Pedophiles collecting self-uploaded videos of children which they use for sexual gratification and share with others on the dark web. The videos, which featured children playing with toys or doing gymnastics, were attracting comments with planted keywords, allowing other pedophiles to find the videos more easily.
1: Like pizza, pasta, hot dog,
2: walnut sauce. No, uh, they were. It was. You'll see it a bit, but it was basically they would just post CP. That was the first one. Just CP for children. Oh my God. <laughs> so easy. Uh, they switched later to Russian stuff. And anyway. So you know, as a result of this, several advertisers freeze spending on the platform. By 2018, the Times finds more than 100 cases of children being manipulated by strangers on YouTube to take off their clothes, adopt sexual poses, and touch other children. So this is like people pretending to be fans of the kids who run their own channels and tell them, hey, we'd love to see a video of you doing this. Oh my god. Yeah, not good. So the Times reports this, and uh, you know, a reporter for them flags all of the videos. YouTube deletes half of them. <laughs> Not sure why. The Times then contacts YouTube's PR department, which finally leads YouTube to deleting the rest of them. The problem metastasizes, and child predators continue to use a complex network of commenters, uploaders, etc., all to keep videos on YouTube that pedophiles enjoy. They often monetize the re-uploaded videos, which means pedophiles are making money on YouTube using children's self-uploaded videos, which they re-upload for other pedophiles. <laughs> you know, just democracy. Democracy, that's what YouTube is. It's just democracy. So, as I mentioned, one of the things that pedophiles do is comment CP on the videos in question, which stands for child pornography. When YouTube cracks down on videos with comments containing the term CP, they end up deleting a bunch of Pokemon Go videos that abbreviate combat power to CP. (laughs) (laughs) They also bulldoze Club Penguin videos for obvious reasons. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah, Club Penguin. (laughs) I I love playing CP. Oh man, and it's of course Club Penguin's like a children's MMO, basically. Yeah, but I've heard. I I remember
1: reading about yeah. like Club Penguin so, like, turning into like by pedophiles? yeah. Well, it's also like a cyber sex place where like Dude. other kids oh. uh, are experimenting with uh, talking the sex. Oh, they play doctor with each yeah, other. Yeah, talk type in the typing the sex.
2: I'm the doctor penguin, and you're the nurse penguin. Eventually, YouTube apologizes and reinstates those videos. Thank God. I mean. I will not stand for Club Penguin or Pokemon Go being affected by these kinds of things. (laughs) Meanwhile, trolls start using code words like CP to flag and take down completely unrelated videos, of course, because we fucking live in hell, where there's a troll will. There's always a troll way. (laughs) In April 2018, Nassim Najafi Agdam, a vegan activist and fitness personality, is pissed off at YouTube. In an Instagram post, Nassim says...
3: All my YouTube channels got filtered by YouTube so my videos hardly get views and it's called merely regulation. This is also happening to many other channels on YouTube. This is the peaceful tactic used on the internet to censor and suppress people who speak the truth and are not good for the financial, political, gains of the system and big businesses. I recently got filtered on Instagram too and maybe
2: it's related to YouTube and YouTube staff asked Instagram to filter me here too? So her channel is mostly composed of workout videos, graphic animal abuse videos, and like vegan cooking tutorials. What the fuck? What? She's, yeah, what? A, she's a bit of a left-wing conspiracy theorist, it, or she's also kind of a radical anti-animal abuse uh, person. Oh, she's okay. on the she's like on the PETA side. Oh, gosh. it. So she, yeah. she's
3: showing these graphic animal abuse videos to say yeah. like this is this is bad.
2: So gotcha. yeah, she's doing stuff that's like normal, like workout stuff, but she's also doing stuff that they probably consider extreme, and so they're they're limiting her her reach. But But the point is here that they basically took unilateral decisions that affected her account without telling her. And so that makes people furious. It's happening all the time. And people are using, they're able to basically use the tech companies as boogeymen, but for the wrong reasons almost. And it kind of creates like a layer of astroturf. So you can't really address the actual issues. Anyways, her rage mounting, Nassim goes AWOL and her family grows worried about her mental state. They reach out to the police and declare her missing, warning them that their daughter hates YouTube and might be heading to the company offices to exact revenge. The police respond by finding Nassim in a Walmart parking lot where she is sleeping and decide that she is not a threat after interviewing her. They tell the family that she's being located and they take her off the missing persons list. But what cops don't know is that Nassim is in possession of a legally-purchased 9mm semi-automatic pistol. The next day she drives to YouTube headquarters, covers her face, and approaches the building, firing 10 shots. She wounds three people, reloads, and kills herself. That same year, The New York Times publishes an article by Zeynep Tufeki. Here are some extracts from her article.
1: It seems as if you are never hardcore enough for YouTube's recommendation algorithm. It promotes, recommends, and disseminates videos in a manner that appears to constantly up the stakes. Given its billion or so users, YouTube may be one of the most powerful, radicalizing instruments of the 21st century. This is not because a cabal of YouTube engineers is plotting to drive the world off a cliff. A more likely explanation has to do with the nexus of artificial intelligence and Google's business model, YouTube is owned by Google. For all its lofty rhetoric, Google is an advertising broker, selling our attention to companies that will pay for it. The longer people stay on YouTube, the more money Google makes. What keeps people glued to YouTube? Its algorithm seems to have concluded that people are drawn to content that is more extreme than what they started with, or to incendiary content in general. Is this suspicion correct? Good data is hard to come by. Google is loath to share information with independent researchers. But we now have the first inklings of confirmation, thanks in part to a former Google engineer named Guillaume Chazlo. Mr. Chazlo worked on the recommender algorithm while at YouTube. He grew alarmed at the tactics used to increase the time people spent on the site. Google fired him in 2013, citing his job performance. He maintains the real reason was that he pushed too hard for changes in how the company handles such issues. The Wall Street Journal conducted an investigation of YouTube content with the help of Mr. Shazlott. It found that YouTube often, quote, fed far-right or far-left videos to users who watched relatively mainstream news sources. End quote. and that such extremist tendencies were evident with a wide variety of material. If you search for information on the flu vaccine, you are recommended anti-vaccination conspiracy videos. It is also possible that YouTube's recommender algorithm has a bias towards inflammatory content. In the run-up to the 2016 election, Mr. Chaslow created a program to keep track of YouTube's most recommended videos as well as its pattern of recommendations. He discovered that whether you started with a pro-Clinton or pro-Trump video on YouTube, you were many times more likely to end up with a pro-Trump video recommended. Combining this finding with other research showing that during the 2016 campaign, fake news, which tends towards the outrageous, included much more pro-Trump than pro-Clinton content, and YouTube's tendency toward the incendiary seems evident.
2: So yeah, before we go on... This guy is basically like the Ed Snowden, you know, like he was in yeah. there. He was worried. He even created a program, probably independently. I'm sure they're not paying him for this to like to like really track what the fuck this effect is, is doing. And they fucking fired him. Like in 2013, you had six years to deal with the problem. And now finally articles are coming out that are absolutely damning. But we already knew this. You knew this six years yeah. ago. You wanted to ignore this. You fuckers. Anyways, uh, let's have uh, Travis continue. What we are
3: witnessing is a computational exploitation of a natural human desire to look behind the curtain, to dig deeper into something that engages us. As we click and click, we are carried along by the exciting sensation of uncovering more secrets and deeper truths. YouTube leads viewers down a rabbit hole of extremism, while Google racks up the ad sales. Human beings may have natural tendencies that need to be vigilantly monitored in the context of modern life. For example, our craving for fat, salt, and sugar, which served us well when food was scarce, can lead us astray in an environment in which fat, salt, and sugar are all too plentiful and are heavily marketed to us. So too, our natural curiosity about the unknown can lead us astray on a website that leads us too much in the direction of lies, hoaxes, and misinformation. In effect, YouTube has created a restaurant that serves us increasingly sugary, fatty foods, loading up our plates as soon as we are finished with our last meal. Over time, our tastes adjusts, and we seek even more sugary, fatty foods, which the restaurant dutifully provides. When confronted about this by the health department and concerned citizens, the restaurant managers reply that they are merely serving us what we want. hmm The situation is especially dangerous given how many people, especially young people, turn to YouTube for information. Google's cheap and sturdy Chromebook laptops, which now make up more than 50% of the pre-college laptop education market in the United States, typically come loaded with ready access to YouTube. This state of affairs is unacceptable, but not inevitable. There's no reason to let a company make so much money while potentially helping to radicalize billions of people reaping the financial benefits while asking society
2: to bear so many of the costs. I really have to give it to uh, Zeynep Tufeky here. She, she's an incredible writer. She really nails it. And it's this. It's, it's the idea that we all as a society have to bear the costs of a, of a business model that doesn't benefit us at all. We don't get any of those profits, but we have to bear the costs, the mental costs, the, the, the infrastructural costs of this fucking shit happening. But pretty infuriating to to read about about 2013 being the the point at which they already kind of knew. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Outrageous. Honestly, like doing the research, I I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I knew it was a bad thing, but anyways. In 2019, YouTube banned comments on videos of children. (laughs) Good job. That same year, they prohibit, quote, challenges that encourage acts that have an inherent risk of severe physical harm like eating Tide Pods, for example. YouTube also prohibits, quote, pranks that make victims believe they're in physical danger, and, quote, pranks that cause emotional distress to children. That year, The Washington Post publishes an article by Craig Timberg describing the effect of the YouTube algorithm and autoplay feature. Researchers say YouTube's algorithm for recommending content caused particular problems for children because they often sit in front of a screen for long stretches, watching whatever plays automatically. The content, however, inappropriate in the view of parents, can mesmerize children lacking the maturity to turn away from words or images that may be unhealthy. Problems can be especially severe when children search for such popular and seemingly innocuous terms as Spider Man, Superhero, and Elsa. The icy blonde cartoon princess, who starred in Frozen in 2013, has spawned so much doctored inappropriate YouTube content that critics lump such videos under the shorthand Elzagate. Disney did not reply to requests for comments. Critics also say the problem is not visibly improving. Typing Peppa into YouTube's search engine, for example, generated at least one recommended video that the researchers classified as disturbing 70% of the time, according to research published in January based on reviews of 2,500 YouTube videos. Researchers querying such keywords found clips showing a scantily-clad Elsa straddling another partially undressed cartoon character, Spider-Man wriggling beneath the sheets with a life-size Rapunzel doll, and Peppa encountering a monster with knives for hands who, amid profanity-laced dialogue, slices open the heads of various characters in bloody attacks. Uh, YouTube said that none of these videos violated its policies and that none appeared on the YouTube Kids app. The one featuring a violent monster carried age restrictions. The researchers also found that children have a 45% chance of seeing at least one disturbing or otherwise inappropriate video within 10 clips, a stretch that often amounts to an hour or so of viewing. Some inappropriate videos were crude animations, some featured actors wearing costumes, still others included the marijuana-themed Peppa video where actual children's videos that had been doctored with new words and images spliced into the original. Peppa Pig, a British animated television series for preschoolers that debuted in 2004 and has a global audience, is a particularly popular target for those who make fake alternate versions of original episodes or entirely new videos based on characters from the show. Entertainment One, which produces Peppa, declined to comment. Fuck <laughs> <Okay>, of course. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Hey, Disney, how do you feel about half-nude Elsa being shown to children? Well, uh, we're not going to answer this fucking <laughs> inquiry. <laughs> 2019 has been a rough year for YouTube so far, with multiple articles accusing YouTube of looking the other way as the rabbit hole effect radicalizes youth, pushing them into white supremacist and neo-Nazi belief systems. The combination of YouTube's recommendation algorithm and autoplay feature causes users to get lost in a web of patently false conspiracy theories, often leading them to isolate themselves from their loved ones. As I mentioned in the intro, YouTube's product chief sat down with Kevin Roos of the New York Times, denying that the rabbit hole effect was a feature, not a bug. Bloomberg followed up a few days later with an article by Mark Bergen, in which he alleges that YouTube was aware of the problem since at least 2016, and, and from what we've, we've shown, it actually might go back to 2013. So. People inside YouTube knew about this dynamic.
1: Over the years, there were many tortured debates about what to do with troublesome videos, those that don't violate its content policies, and so remain on the site. Some software engineers have nicknamed the problem, quote, bad virality. Uh, Jonathan Zunger, a privacy engineer at Google, recalled a suggestion he made to YouTube staff before he left the company in 2016. He proposed a third tier. Videos that were allowed to stay on YouTube, but because they were, quote, close to the line of the takedown policy, would be removed from recommendations. Quote, bad actors quickly get very good at understanding where the bright lines are and skating as close to those lines as possible, Zunger said. His proposal, which went to the head of YouTube policy, was turned down. Quote, I can say with a lot of confidence that they were deeply wrong, (laughs) he said. Uh, Rather than revamp its recommendation engine, YouTube doubled down. The neural network described in the 2016 research went into effect in YouTube recommendations starting in 2015.
2: Which, if you remember, that's the same point where they uh, enabled autoplay as like a default. By the measures available...
1: It has achieved its goal of keeping people on YouTube. It's an addiction engine, said Francis Irving, a computer scientist who has written critically about YouTube's AI system. Irving said he has raised these concerns with YouTube staff. They responded with incredulity, or an indication that they had no incentives to change how its software worked, he said. It's not a disastrous failed algorithm, Irving added. It works well for a lot of people, and it makes a lot of money.
2: (laughs) So... Yeah, I left out like some of the lit later developments because we'll be discussing them with Charlie uh, Warzel. But I, I don't even know what to say. Like studying this stuff, and like it's yeah. so documented. And I found I found articles on it going so far back that like it's unconscionable that that it's impossible to think they didn't know about it. They they yeah. clearly ignored it on purpose because again, it's making money when corporations are set up to do only one thing, profit, and then the people who are getting the profit from it are people who have no connection to any of this shit they just care about the margins going up yeah what what's being you know what the piss is rolling fucking downhill and onto all these like low workers and they can't affect anything they can bring it up to their bosses and get fired well and it's it's fucked too because i mean you would think that
1: you know fairly uh, uh, non problematic content like you know video game videos or you know uh, going to the zoo and pointing at an elephant's dick you would think <laughs> that that's enough to keep people on the platform and so therefore youtube would go in and say hey yeah we've already got these like videos that keep people on the platform like let's let's delete or 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 not you know, at least, at the very least, not push the, uh, you know, these, like, you know, potentially radicalizing videos on our users, but instead, it seems that that's where they go directly.
2: It's it's but, like... But, but yeah, if you think about these companies, I mean, very recently, big gaming companies, for example, showed uh, record-setting profits. Their stock shot up They had better uh, payouts for all their executives. They gave everybody a bonus and they fucking fire like 600 people because for them, they are always looking for how can we make 5% more? How can we make 10% more? How can we make 15% more? Eliminating this might eliminate 20 or 25% of their revenue. They would never do that. Capitalism would not allow it. It's well, just not how boards work. Of course, of course the
3: employees, they have goals to hit, right? Yeah. yeah no, of course. Of, yeah. of course, of course they they they're of course they're for all, they're detached from it too. And they probably don't even like think about it. It's like it's literally it's literally they're literally looking at numbers out of a spreadsheet. Yeah. And that's that's it. We're just, just numbers on the spreadsheet that they're fiddling with and yeah. like they sort of like looking at it deeper, the sort of like what how, what exactly is affecting society as a consequence of those numbers, uh you know, yeah, those views that that, that that they're getting. They they, they, that's too, uh, qualitative, you know, they, yeah.
2: they don't but, but when you, yeah. Stuff. And when you fire hundreds of people, your sure. stock shoots up. And if you're an executive, you have stock and guess what you're doing? You're selling it every time it surges. Yeah. So you're selling off pieces of your stock. You're making even more and more money, even at the executive level, even if you're not like an investor and not like the main recipient of all the money. Yeah. Your incentive is to fucking make it keep, like keep going. Cause it's like, no, we're making fucking hand over fist money. And the, the stock market literally, fucking rewards you for firing hundreds of people it so it's like yeah like i mean the whole thing is set up this i'm not i'm not surprised with the outcome it's just disappointing obviously on a societal level
1: yeah well and it, i think in some ways it speaks to uh human human tendencies that the the videos the the videos that are generating so many hits and and constant engagement are the ones that are like uh, to the extreme you know to these extreme you know lengths and so YouTube is like well fuck that's our bread and butter like yeah we don't (laughs) care fucking you know Travis radicalized they're the stickiest yeah same
2: way that CNN like slowly realized oh if we do this like we'll get more and then by two years later like their content's shit and their journalistic standards are dead you know so it's It's, yeah it's like they're you Using our own like diabolical
1: fucking tendencies against us yeah.
2: to make money well we talk about the free market a lot you know and we talk about competition being a good thing but we ignore like for who is it you know for product diversity is it for profit fine but at the end of the day if it's harming society in a great in a great way then is the free market useful yeah and like i think that they're dumb i
1: think that the, if i i think that youtube would st- would stay alive and well if they went through and filtered out all that content yeah, like ta-
2: <laughs> honestly think of the pr of saying listen we are putting people before profits we're not going to listen to our board and we are going to put in place these things that will help children the elderly the mentally vulnerable across yes. the world world not just america there are people fucking radicalizing on this platform in every country of the world it's like for christ's sakes even fucking netflix after i've after
1: i've fallen asleep uh watching you know uh, seven episodes of uh you know a serial killer documentary will ask me hey hey are you still watching or (laughs) you know do you want to maybe get up and go to sleep uh or do something outside it's like even fucking netflix is like hey man You're watching too much Making a Murderer. Like, maybe (laughs) take a break and, like, go on. Like, all YouTube would have to do is, like, if they see me watch, like, four Ben Shapiro videos in a row, it'd be like, hey, man. Uh, we notice you're watching a lot of Ben Shapiro. He, at least, here's something from the other side that counters his points. At or just, like, here's least, some
2: basic fact checks, like, that maybe Muslims yeah. are people. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I know, or that's just, the craziest stuff. Just yeah. some well, basic but, kind of, like... Ben Shapiro's a good example, because he's he's somebody, like they describe, who skirts the line, right? He's a, yeah. good, he's a good, like, entryway to the more hardcore stuff. And so, yeah, of course, like, it's hard to, like fact check someone like that and it's like well we can't really de him, but i someone proposed a third tier why did they not go with it well i mean you know why because they're not gonna make as much money but yeah y- it's like guys at some point you have to sacrifice virality or whatever the fuck you think you're doing when the world is going to shit i mean yeah I a- as
1: you guys will see in my section a lot a lot of this comes comes full circle <laughs>
2: I mean, how dare, just because I watched four hours of, uh, you know, electric cock torture videos, how dare they propose gay porn to me after that? I mean, I just don't understand YouTube. What the fuck? What the fuck, dude? That is sus.
3: On April 3rd, 2019, Charlie Warzel published an article for the New York Times entitled Big Tech Was Designed to Be Toxic. We slid into his DMs and forced him to come on the show. Charlie, welcome to QAnon Anonymous.
5: Thank you for having me.
3: In that op-ed, you argue that the reason that these tech platforms got so toxic is actually a lot simpler than people think it is. So why do you think that these tech platforms got so toxic?
5: I think that, uh, as I wrote in the piece, the, the original sin of you know modern internet companies and and, and modern platform technology is, is the obsession with scale. Um, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of rhetoric that's you know issued in a lot of uh, a lot of flooding the zone that these tech companies do where they try to sort of they, they try to you know tell you well this stuff is so complicated this is happening at scale uh, with you know billions of users we have these algorithms uh, you know that uh, most people don't understand. We have artificial intelligence you know you sort of they throw the kitchen sink at you in terms of, of, of reasons why And I'm not trying to say that these problems are simple to solve. But the sort of the reason why these platforms can't seem to control the spread of misinformation the spread of you know toxic ideology white nationalism conspiracy theories whatever it is is really simple it's this idea that these platforms were built to uh, keep people engaged and to keep people you know watching or liking or reading or you know tweeting or whatever whatever it is any method of engagement and when these platforms were built over the last ten years, they were they were optimized to just keep you locked in that way. And they treated any content that was um, you know that was engaging as a universally good piece of content. It didn't matter if you know those videos made you feel upset or enraged or, you know, helpless or uh, scared, whatever it was. It was being viewed by, you know, the proprietary systems that govern these companies as, oh, this is good. Give give them more of that or give them things that, that are sort of similar. And so that's how you get sort of propelled, how people get propelled, you know, down these, you know, recommendation rabbit holes on YouTube or, you know, get sucked into toxic political discourse and screaming at, you know, friends or or sharing, you know, completely fake, you know. Uh, uh, content from a foreign, you know, government uh, on Facebook. Like the reason that these things happen is because the systems were designed to put this stuff in front of you and keep it happening as long as you stay engaged. And, And that really, you know, if you're looking at Twitter, if you're looking at Facebook, if you're looking at YouTube, these big platforms, all of them were designed in that same way. And so while the problem might be complex, the solution might be complex. And and they didn't intend to do that, probably. You know, they didn't intend to polarize the world or, or you know, uh, help foreign governments spread propaganda. They did design it so that that would happen, and that is that is uh, that is an outcome that that matters more than the intent.
3: Yeah. You know, something we talk a little bit about this episode is that the, you know, the companies, they take a purely uh, quantitative approach to, you know, the, uh, the kind of content that they're pushing on people and like the qualitative things. the so sort of like the softer questions about like, how does this affect people? How does this affect maybe even society at large are just not even addressed. It's not even like malice. It's just these things about like, is spreading anti-vax nonsense, a, you know, a bad thing is not sort of like a thought that seems to enter their heads
5: you know, I think it's, it goes even like a little bit deeper than that. So a, a good example, I think, with this is and and the uh, the sort of tech philosopher and ethicist Tristan Harris uh, was talking about this on, on a different podcast a couple of years ago. And it always stuck with me. But it was basically this idea of uh, you know, these companies and the people who engineer these products always say, well if they're watching it they must like they must like it if you know like they are giving us the signals they are doing these things if they are using the service they must like it and he compared that to this idea of say you want to get healthy right you really 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 want to lose some weight you've set up all these different goals you're you know you're you're telling yourself you're going to go to the gym every day and then 15 minutes before you go to the gym somebody puts like two beautiful glazed donuts in front of you oh <laughs> hell yeah no now we're talking baby <laughs> and says and says hey man like here are these donuts and then you eat the donuts and then you feel terrible well the same philosophy would then say like well you ate the donuts so clear so clearly that's what you wanted Yeah. but it's like they don't think into uh, take into account that there's you know There's a deeper philosophy at play here, and and we don't necessarily always have the instincts to govern ourselves the way that we want to. Like you know, our self-control is is a really complicated thing, and I don't think the tech was ever engineered with any of that in mind.
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
3: You know, something else that um, we've been talking about is the rabbit hole effect how people start on like some kind of like innocuous content and they get progressively into sort of crazier, more fringe, more extreme content. In fact, you, when you worked at the Buzzfeed, you reported on this great article about how uh, YouTube's up next algorithm, you know, directs people towards this sort of like extremist content. So wh- what do you think you sort of like took away from that experience of seeing how YouTube just pushes people towards the sort of the, the craziest ideas that are on this platform?
5: yeah the goal i mean the goal of that piece was i was curious about that you know we we talked for a while broadly on the internet uh you know saying that youtube is the is the great radicalizer and and you know the algorithm pushes you there and so we wanted to sort of prove that so we wanted to see if we could like reverse engineer the algorithm uh, what we ended up doing was taking like super anodyne search terms for you know things that were really popular on Google Trends. It, this was back in January, so you know it was things like the swearing in of Congress, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, you know, all like very very just like you know broad and and non politicized search terms, uh, and then we would just uh, using a fresh account that had no past browsing history, we would click through the first 14 videos that youtube recommended and what we ended up finding was that yes it did push you towards extremist content sometimes probably let's say 33 percent of the time it pushes you towards like you know you know hillary clinton is a demon serpent or or QAnon (laughs) stuff you know like it would do that but other times it would push you towards just like really weird stuff like old national geographic channel videos about cocaine smuggling in dubai Right. Or like, like, and there was no rhyme or reason to it. And we did this, you know, I think we ran hundreds of tests with, you know, tens, I think tens of thousands of videos in total. And what we really saw is that there's just like, there's no way to explain this other than like YouTube's algorithm isn't politicized. It isn't necessarily a hundred percent, you know, driving you towards conspiracy content, but what it is is like it is governed by this idea of trying to get you to like keep going, like trying to lock you in for one more video. And so the only thing it cares about is is this idea of you know stickiness um, and and engagement. and And I think that you know when we sort of talk to experts about this and you know even even trying to talk to YouTube themselves, I got the sense and 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 I don't want to speak for the rest of the reporters on my team, but the sense that I got personally was that I don't think that even even YouTube understands this algorithm. Uh, I, I think that you know they built something and they know broadly what it's supposed to do. but the decisions that it makes, there aren't really any rhyme there isn't rhyme or reason to it. So you know ha- or a third of the time, yeah. it can drive you towards something absolutely crazy. But a third of the time it can drive you towards, I don't know, weird clips from stand-up comics from, you know, 1983. Like, it's just, <laughs> it, it's bonkers. But it governs what millions of people do and watch every, every day and the way that they get their information a lot of times. It's really, it, it, truly wild, I think, that these algorithms have this much power. And they're just so unknown.
1: Yeah, it's, it's fucking Skynet.
2: Yeah. I can't, I personally, I can't wait for Pornhub to put in place something like this so that everybody gets into like bestiality.
5: <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, I'm pretty sure that that kind of stuff happens on adult websites. If you do, you know, create an account and log in, which I don't know how many people do that, but if you, if you did do that, like, I, I think that stuff is actually happening. Oh it, and God. maybe it's not, maybe it's not like bestiality, but maybe it's, you know, it surfaces something that you didn't know you liked and kind of pushes you towards extremes just simply because those videos are more likely to keep you locked in if you find something that is you know kind of outrageous but it is also your thing so i think this is happening across the internet like i don't think it's just youtube i don't think it's just conspiracy theories i think that's one really concerning outgrowth of this is just general sort of being nudged in all these directions
1: I, uh, I had a friend who had an interesting theory uh, that he sort of monitored over the last couple years, uh, that he believes that um, Russians are pushing... Um Incest porn content, and that he noticed on Twitter that you know there were these like kind of like Russian accounts, and they were like advertising pornography. And then at one point they all kind of shifted, and they were all pushing these like incest videos, which which now I mean you know with without admitting too much uh, these show up quite frequently uh, in my own
2: searches. Uh, And I don't know. I think people wanted to fuck their siblings and moms and dads like for. I mean that's the (laughs) oldest trick in the book. You know. Yeah, I guess. I've never partaken, but I mean. What are you going to say next? HBO is doing this to us uh, by, you know, Jon Snow. uh, I don't know, Daenerys. Come on, man. He could probably, he probably
1: has a better explanation than I do. So we'll we'll have we'll have to have him on the show at some point to discuss. Well, no, we won't.
2: We're interviewing an actual reporter instead of your weird friend.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, but I I just I think that. uh, broadly what we can like, take away from that <laughs> that sort of uh, non-reported take there uh, <laughs> is is that the is that you know the internet is making or not the internet that's too broad our, our technology and all these different platforms that we re, we rely on are making decisions for us because they're constantly curating uh what we see and what we do and those decisions you know, compound. They start to change our behavior in these really, you know, light ways. And and I think that, like, I've been thinking a lot about, like, online privacy. And part of the discussion, like, with that is that we're sort of losing a little bit of our autonomy here. And And obviously, it's part of, you know, our job as human beings to, like, exert some control over what we do, right? And, like, I'm not trying to say that, I think it's more complicated than like YouTube is brainwashing us or, you know, Fox News is making everyone in a certain group racist. Like, I think those are really oversimplified ideas. But I do think that there's like if there is this crisis happening right now, it's that we're constantly being nudged in these weird ways. And and they're having these small, noticeable effects in our personality. And they're driving us towards like communities that are you know potentially really dangerous or toxic and then once you get involved in those communities then you find like a new subset of friends you find people who are you know are, are into those ideas and it's not that you know youtube made you a white nationalist right but it's that youtube surfaced some things made a couple of choices on your behalf that you weren't really understanding at the at the time and then you get to a place where all of a sudden you know you look up and you realize wow the way that i see the world is a little bit different than it was a year ago yeah. and yeah. and so it's like a factor in that
3: that's the the problem though Let's talk solutions, because like one of the uh, solutions that that uh, that people uh, often propose is just like deplatforming is just just take find the sort of the worst offenders and just deny them the ability to use these services. Like and uh, recent example is Alex Jones is Alex Jones and Infowars. They were deplatformed on several major tech platforms like iTunes and YouTube and Facebook. So like what do you think that you know his deplatforming in this aftermath can like teach us about the effectiveness of that particular technique
5: I mean this is difficult because obviously like I am someone who who does believe in you know the the power of, of the internet and like the openness of the web to give people a voice like I think you and I think that you know we, a lot of the worst actors have sort of ruined that prospect for a lot of us, and now there's such an emphasis on like, you know, getting the, the the worst offenders off there. I mean, I think I think that I think there's a couple there's a couple points to make here. One is that Milo Yiannopoulos is actually the best uh, example of deplatforming being extremely effective, mm-hmm. um, and and the reason why it is extremely effective in his case, and also a little bit in Alex Jones's case. So Jones has know, a big, wide audience that he's been cultivating for 25 years. So those people probably aren't going anywhere. But people like trolls like that, or shock jocks, or people who are actually peddling, you know, misinformation, or these sort of like toxic, uh, semi libelous theories, people like that uh, sort of really prey off of, you know, crossing over into the mainstream and getting their ideas and headlines and sort of like, Uh, the, getting the mainstream media to, to pay attention to them. And that is where a place like Twitter is just so unbelievably important. Like Milo Yiannopoulos was able to say ridiculous things or outlandish things, or, you know, trying to piss people off. And then journalists like myself and plenty others would see it, talk about it, you know, the, it would be written up in, you know, the Hill, and then that would get aggregated by somebody else. And then, you know, all of a sudden, tons of people are talking about it and you he's hijacked the attention of the mainstream media now that he doesn't have that like how often do you see milo in the news other than something like you know uh, he's out of money or he's banned from australia or like you know something like that but he's not in control of that narrative that's not him reaching out and saying like hey you know, CNN, MSNBC, whatever, ex newspaper reporter, look at me. I'm going to say something to trigger you or piss you off. So I think in that sense, people who are, you know, who aren't just really trying to express their views, but actually trying to hijack our attention, that is an, an incredibly effective method, the deplatforming. But I would, I would say that in general, like the simpler answer is not to have to do the constant legislation of the deplatforming and stuff like that. It's the idea of, you know, free speech versus free reach. Like I, I, I believe that, you know, certain people who have, you know, semi problematic <laughs> views, uh, who aren't, you know, like openly flagrantly, you know, like, like, you know nazis um should you know should be able to have places on the internet like i think we we get into weird territory if we just start you know kicking off tons and tons of people but there's this idea of free speech versus free reach and those people with toxic ideologies and things like that have no expectation that their content you know has to reach tens of millions of people especially if it's bad they have no expectation that youtube needs to monetize that kind of thing like that's it's kind of actually ridiculous to think that that anyone would so i do think there are there are ways that the platforms can 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 limit those idea the like the, the spread of those ideas you know like wildfire if they're toxic um and and i think there are there are small solutions that could be done i mean this one is probably this is like a bit of a, uh, it's an aggressively hot take, I think, but like, I, I don't really understand why YouTube allows monetization of political content at all. Like there's so much, there's so much content out there. There's beauty bloggers. There's, you know, even like the, a, a lot of the gaming stuff isn't toxic on YouTube. It's actually just, you know, silly and and fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's unboxing videos, there's sports, there's, you know, there's, there's a shitload of stuff out there. And Politics is, as YouTube always says, a reasonably small selection of what's what's actually on there. And yet so much of it is divisive and so much of it is pushing people towards these extremes. So why should anyone make money off it? What you know, why why can't we just say, hey, YouTube is not a place where you're gonna make money off this politics stuff? Well, I can guarantee you that a lot of those you know, far right shock jock people who are you know do, debating race and IQ and making you know good money off of it would stop doing it if there was no money involved.
0: Yeah.
2: So next, you're going to get money out of politics too, right? Mm-hmm.
5: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. No, I mean I, that's just like a thought experiment, obviously. But yeah. it just when you when you think about that, also when when you hear YouTube always say as the excuse, well, you know, this is just a very small amount of the content on there then great that, that it, better reason to to you know demonetize it just a whole hog i'm talking about you know yeah. extreme right left and middle like all of it yeah. if it's political it, you shouldn't make money off of it it should just exist on its merits.
3: yeah so, I mean, you, you touched on this a little bit, but are you concerned that if these tech platforms they do start maybe regulating what kind of content is uh, is sort of hosted on their platforms more closely, that it might start sort of like basically narrowing the 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 range of acceptable opinion on those platforms, and so the the kinds of the kinds of opinions that uh, that people can sort of share and express is basically. Uh, decided by these massive unaccountable corporations who, you know, really have uh, sort of a special, you know, particular interest in our, you know, society and our economy.
5: Yeah, I'm totally worried about that. I mean, I talked to a lot of uh, Facebook employees, current and former, and, you know, one thing I I reported this a couple of, like a year and a half ago, but like one thing that uh, this employee told me, this senior employee was like, (laughs) You know, before the 2016 election, the sort of uh, the heat that Facebook was getting was for being overly centurious. Right. There was like they had like that. There was the photo of like the young um, it's like a uh, like a prize-winning photo of, uh, you know, from the Vietnam War of a, of a child who was, you know, not wearing any clothes and, like, Facebook censored that photo and people were, you know, completely up in arms over the fact that, you know, this artifact from history about a war-torn nation was being censored, like, that used to be sort of the the thing was that Facebook was going too far. And then the 2016 election happens where we get very, rightfully so, worried about all this stuff. Uh, the misinformation, whatever, harassment, all this stuff. And people kind of go the other way and say, why, why aren't you cracking down more? And, and I understand, like, I think that, like, I don't know that there's like a great answer out there. But I mean, um, but I mean, by
2: the time Trump was up there as president, uh, Facebook and Twitter had made millions of dollars off of specifically oh, of his stuff.
5: Yeah, no, And, and I and I'm not absolving these companies at all. In fact, I think that, you know, when, When we talk about, like, when when I was thinking about the 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 piece, the op-ed of, uh, you know, why these companies are so toxic, uh, it's 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 interesting because, like, the real problem is the architecture of these platforms, right? The idea of everything everything needs to scale so big, it needs to be viral. Like, if these platforms weren't, you know, ruthlessly optimized to keep you sharing, to keep you, you know, like. Logged on and 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 consuming, um, and you know and didn't have these incentives for people to, you know, to go out there and game your attention and make money off it and all of that stuff. If if the architecture of those systems was different, we actually wouldn't have to be making these crazy judgment calls about 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 speech and saying, well, okay, well you're good because you went here and you didn't cross this you know semi-arbitrary line, but you, hey, you went here and you know uh, it, it's really difficult because you know if you look at somebody li- like Alex Jones who's been deplatformed until last summer Alex Jones like walked the tightrope of what was acceptable right on 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 Facebook like he didn't necessarily break the rules he like you know gestured like he was breaking the rules and he was you know putting misinformation out in the world and and spreading you know really negative ideologies but he wasn't breaking the rules and then you know he did one thing differently he broke a rule, then, you know, like the, the snowball rolls downhill. But like, instead of having to make all those decisions, if you just created platforms or, or helped modify the platforms so that, you know, they weren't encouraging behavior like that and rewarding it with eyeballs and money and attention, then you wouldn't have to do this as much. Uh, I think, I think that that, that's why I called it, you know, the original sin is because, you know, everything stems from that. And we, and we do get into these sort of like, policing ideas and they're important and moderation is important but at the end of the day it's like the blame falls on the systems that, that were created without, you know, really thinking of the consequences.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's funny when you mentioned that I was just thinking, uh, you know, the antitrust laws and the way they function when Microsoft decided to bundle internet explorer, uh, with windows and Netscape kind of like that became an issue because it was somehow like a competitive disadvantage for Netscape. And just thinking about how far we've come into a place where regulation and antitrust laws, are they just feel like a, a, a you know a, a time of your like fantasy of the past? <laughs> <laughs> it,
5: it's wild that these systems were allowed to you know uh, mature in the way that they did, and in the way that you know Facebook was allowed to uh, purchase Instagram and WhatsApp, and nobody even batted an eye. It wasn't even like controversial. It was like yeah. I mean, I remember like. I was covering technology all throughout this period of time. And I remember like the day that Facebook acquired Instagram, it was just like, Oh, awesome. This is great. Like there wasn't even a, (laughs) there wasn't even a, like a rumble of like, Oh, that seems like that could be, you know, uh, a little anti-competitive. Like they're, they're just, we didn't have that mindset. And so, you know, now we're in this, we're in this spot where the big platforms have just so much power and influence and Again, while I don't think that they're the only thing that's wrong with the world. <laughs> um, I, I think that people are waking up to this idea that they're being nudged in these directions that they might not have as much control over it as they want. And and I mean, I don't know. It's it's going to be it, it's going to be a really hard like hard and long road for them to hoe uh, going forward because I I just think the sentiment has flipped completely.
3: All right, Charlie, I'm, I have just one more question for you and then we'll let you go. So what is your take on QAnon? So, you know, obviously there is just there are a lot of conspiracy theories and LARPs that sort of simmer in like the dark corners of the Internet. Why do you think this one in particular has become so successful, has built in such a huge community?
5: I, I, I don't know. And, and honestly, I've you know, I've been having conversations with people uh, about about q especially in in recent weeks and and there is sort of this like uh there's a, there's so much that we don't know right about and, and this is the way with all sort of online conspiracy things uh and and communities like you just can't really estimate the size of it and that's why i think when you see you know clips like from the trump rallies uh, of people wearing the shirts it's like you know it's 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 sort of like mind boggling. Cause it's like the internet, you know, steps off the, the web page and, and into real life and it's just like dizzying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but I think there's so much that we don't know and we don't, un- and we don't necessarily understand about, you know, like why this is so, so much stickier than, you know, other conspiracies and, 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 and also the, just like, you know, how much people believe versus like, I, 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 and I, and I mean this, you know, in a curious way, like, what percentage of it is about belonging to some kind of community and, you know, having the, you know, the the in-jokes and the customs and the, you know, it, sort of like the camaraderie of that versus, you know, I really, really do believe in everything and in all these, out, you know, outrageous theories. My take on it right now is I don't know whether we need to like really really worry about it right like that it whether or not this is something that is gonna uh have an incredibly negative impact on the world and just continue to grow and grow until we can't ignore it anymore but i think the thing that we actually can't ignore are the dynamics that allow this to get as big as it did right like the 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 ideas of you know online communities that are sort of like unmonitored unpoliced the you know ability to spread misinformation and make it look like legitimate news the you know the all of the all of the sort of the social dynamics of that like i think that is what we really need to be focusing on and looking at like we need to sort of i think when it comes to qAnon right now like the big thing to do is to sort of study the mechanics of it rather than you know picking apart every day's, you know, like bullshit Q drop or whatever it is, you know, like I think the the thing that is really fascinating and I think truly troubling is how something like this, which is outrageous in nature, can grow and really become as big as it is. So that that's sort of my take on it right now like I, and i'm not saying like we should you know like don't take it seriously or anything like that i just like there's so many questions that i have that i think as a reporter the thing that that i'm paying attention to the most right now is like how this can happen <laughs> like the, like all the tools in place that have allowed this to happen and and what we can do about that
3: Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything that uh, you want to plug before we let you go?
5: Follow me on Twitter, I guess, uh, but just in general, pay for journalism. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, right. subscribe to the New York Times, the, York Times, the Washington Post, or, you know, or whatever. Or someone's Substack email, like who cares? Just pay, just pay for journalism if you want people to not have their brains be poisoned.
2: <laughs> Your Twitter is at that's cwarzel. That's uh, c w a r z e l.
5: Thanks, right, thanks so much. guys.
1: QAnon and YouTube with Travis View.
3: So uh, to prepare for my segment about uh, Qunon YouTube, I watched several hours of YouTube videos <laughs> from QAnon people, and now my brain is composed mostly of dishwater and toenail clippings. But it made me realize that as crushingly, oppressively, thoughtless uh, QAnon people can be all the time, they are very smart in one important way. There really is money to be made from this QAnon business. Oh, oh shit! What's so, Jake, Julian, I want to interest you in a business opportunity. I'm oh, listening. What did Tra- what I think? We should week? become QTubers now. I be I'm very <laughs> grateful for all our listeners and all our patrons supporting us yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for getting us this
2: far. We're, we're <laughs> no, about right. to pivot. We're gonna take the ball. Away.
3: Let's face it. You know, skepticism is for suckers, right? These things like facts and coherent beliefs and research yeah. built from credible, independently verifiable sources—all of this is bullshit. It's not in v- vogue anymore. It's going yeah. away.
2: Yeah, get with the fashion.
3: It, exactly. We need to hop on the QTube train. I
1: am. <laughs> I am one
3: hundred percent down. All right. Of course you are. It, it, it's so easy. These, these videos, they're garbage. Like, all you need is, like, an internet connection, a willingness to go on 8chan, a microphone, and screen capture software used to create video of yourself browsing 8chan. Like, a video camera, it can help, but it's 100% optional. Really, if you can, like, read and speak and you have a modern computer, you have all you need to rake in the Q-Bucks.
2: God damn it. We really should be on this. I know. So, I mean, like, you look at like... The... What if like while we wait for the podcast to grow enough so we can all just quit our jobs or whatever and, and do this full time and, and you know, give you listeners the love that you deserve, but in the meantime, we could have like a shadow business <laughs> yes. as QTubers.
3: <as> <laughs> well, we're already doing the research, guys, man. Guys,
2: guys, you got to help us quit this disinformation thing yeah. we're making so much <laughs> money on. Just keep contributing to our Patreon. You too can help radicalization be re- reduced.
1: Flash forward to like three months from now when <laughs> J- Julian and Travis are like, <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah they were like, we haven't been able to get a hold of Jake uh, in the last <laughs> couple of months or so. He seems- also he stopped sharing income with us. Yeah, he really has seemed to sort of. Uh, we called his phone, but it said this number
2: has been disconnected. And the other day, I saw him drive by my house in a BMW. Yeah, like it, a it, Robocop, just kind of just kind of staring inside at me, like I'm his wife, but he's also a lobotomized robot, and <laughs> it's it's unclear if we'll ever be reunited. <laughs> So, when you survey the
3: Qtube sort of ecosystem, there's just so many people making money off of this. There's like Tracy Diaz, AKA Tracy Beans, the original Q on oh, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so, she has over 100,000 subscribers. <laughs> there is uh, In Pursuit of Truth, that has over 120,000. Justin Form Talk, 150,000. X22 Report, over 400,000 thousand subscribers. and of course there's everyone's fave praying medic, which has over two hundred and fifty thousand subscribers.
2: there's so many different channels I think you skipped over and we know yes. Like, how is that the name of a channel? And I, we uh, know it is It's like the yes and, but for going crazy and we know and we know that the Jews are back <laughs> 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 and we know that those Jews are shape-shifting reptiles yeah. and we know that those shape-shifting reptiles, are yeah. the original Nazis who were also socialists.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, you know, it's the, the final form of what we always joke about that QAnon is, is very yes and, you know. <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's that age-old
2: improv uh, activity. It's <laughs> yes, and my final form, and it's just, it's just uh, Hitler from the end of Wolfenstein with yeah. two fucking huge machine guns on, it, on each arm. And we
1: know. <laughs> it's not even just we know. It's, it's as if they've said a bunch of other crazy
2: shit and ended it with and we know. The police is finally here to arrest YouTube's entire executive board. Thank God. Thank you, thank you. Oh, and they are all killing themselves by <laughs> jumping out of their office windows. This is unsubstantiated and a legend. Uh,
1: and now, they, they, as they're falling from the building, they seem to be uh, going into their Robin Hood accounts and selling <laughs> off uh, massive uh, shares of their stocks.
2: Oh, and right before they hit the ground, they're on a Peppa Pig nude video.
1: <laughs> so all of
3: that doesn't even mention the s- smaller upstart QAnon uh, YouTube channels that uh, might be playing with the the big players pretty soon. The little guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like us. But how do you become a YouTuber? Well, this is Travis View's patented foolproof system to collect the Q Bucks. And it takes just three steps. I love it. Number one, plagiarize. (laughs) Definitely. Number two, demonize. (laughs) Step three, monetize. The best step. So so let's start with step one. Yeah. Walk us through here, baby. Yeah, let's go. Step one, plagiarize. So you set up a channel. Do you have to come up with original engaging content that informs people and makes people think? Not necessary. <laughs> Literally, all you have to do is read Q drops and posts and explain what you personally think they mean. It doesn't have to be thoughtful or even have to make sense, really. <laughs> if you're feeling really ambitious, you could also call back to older conspiracy theories or read posts that are listed as notable on Q research board. But really, you do not need an original thought in your head to be a QTuber. So I'm going to give you an example. This is uh, Tracy Bean's first video about Q all the way back on November 3rd, 2017. So this is just like 30, 40 seconds of that clip. uh, And it will be incredibly dull, but it gives you a sense of what the full 40-minute video is like. (laughs) It's going to bore us. It is. It's like I was trying to like... I really want you to get... Get a sense of what these videos are like. Yeah. And I can't do that without boring you just a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. please
2: bear with me. Yeah. So imagine yourself watching 40 minutes of what we're about yeah. to play. <laughs> and you know what Travis had to do last night <laughs> until, you yeah. know, his brain changed permanently. There it is. He's got, a, he's got a dent in his brain and it's just shaped like a cue.
5: How is POTUS always five steps ahead? Who is helping POTUS? There are more good people than bad. The wizards and warlocks which is an inside term, will not allow another satanic evil POS control of our country. Realize Soros, Clintons, Obama, Putin, etc. are all controlled by three families. The fourth was removed post-Trump's victory. 11-3, Podesta indicted. That's today. That's it's the family? That's, that's the fourth family? Huma indicted. Huma Yes, Manafort was placed into Trump's camp as well as others. The corruption that will come out is so serious that deals must be cut for people to walk away. Otherwise, 70% of elected politicians will be in jail. Oh
2: my god, I know why she's big. She's ASMR.
3: She's yes, exactly. queuing on ASMR. She's right. It's like, uh, yes, she's right. She whispers Hillary Clinton will be indicted any moment now. She's gonna hang
2: Monday. Monday she's gonna hang bad. Uh, blonde woman bad.
3: But Yeah, literally all she's doing is like just reading the Q drops. And that that video has over 220,000 views and hundreds of comments.
2: Wizard and Warlocks, and says it's an inside term, doesn't even explain it. Like, you can't even do the baking of giving a definition for the terms. I mean, it's so easy. It's like, Jake, you already
3: feverishly read the Q drops.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't think I'm not. Gears are turning right
3: now. But maybe uh, reading Q drops worked in the early days of QAnon, but does it still work? Like gangbusters, my friends. Absolutely. I want to show you another clip. This one's by Praying Medic. And Praying Medic really has a fantastic content generation system. So first he creates this Twitter thread explaining all the recent Q drops. And then he creates a YouTube video of himself reading his Twitter feed. And then he uses audio from that YouTube video to create an episode for his podcast. So Praying Medic very smartly knows how to create this brain-dead QAnon content once and then repackage it uh, for distribution on multiple platforms for maximum reach.
2: So this is like uh, high school zine makers using the Xerox machine to really pad their work. Yes. I love say. it. Yeah. You're like required by the teacher to make a zine. So you just go and like photocopy some <laughs> like pages out of magazines. It's zero effort. It's incredible. Yeah, put a little smiley face and a penis in the in the margins or whatever to spice it up. So here is a, a recent March 30th,
3: 2019 YouTube video of Praying Medic reading off his own Twitter thread. Up
2: from March 25th, why didn't POTUS fire Rod Rosenstein, in brackets, after reporting regarding his offer to wear a wire? That's a good question. Why did Whitaker and Barr retain Rosenstein to the end, who signed off on the Mueller summary report submitted by Barr yesterday? That was actually uh, both Barr and... And Rosenstein who signed fraudulent Pfizer warrants while Rosenstein signed the last Carter page Pfizer warrant uh, Sally gates signed one before that Who appointed Muller as special counsel? That'd be Rosenstein who has full control. That would be Patriots
3: optics are very important. Q <laughs> so, so obvious like mm, that's a good question optics are important like yeah. this is the level of like yeah. commentary Who is in at- control Patriots. Patriots, yeah. Like he's adding nothing. But but the still this video already has over a hundred and thirty seven thousand views and again hundreds of comments. Lots yeah. of engagement.
2: What is a goat and a moat? What is a train and the rain? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh shit. Uh redfish, bluefish. <laughs> Holy fuck, I'm finding the patterns. <laughs> So you re- you just got to read the Q drops. It's so easy. Now I know what you're thinking, <laughs> Travis. D- damn it! Now I want there to be a Dr. Seuss like anon, and he's just <laughs> he's just posting in fucking amazing rhymes. Like, dude, imagine if Q anon was as talented as Dr. Seuss and could make rhymes. His posts would be amazing. So you might be thinking, uh, now, Travis. Q
3: drops tend to contain a lot of bad information. Uh, what happens if you explain the Q drops and you just is just dead wrong? To that I say you know, you're not a stupid person, you know, as well as I do, that's a dying Republic. It's indifferent to facts. And so that doesn't matter. Just
2: as you were saying, you're not a stupid person. Jake was like yawning with his mouth open, (laughs) (laughs) looking absolutely dumb as rocks. So, I don't
3: know. (laughs) So, uh, give you an example. Here's a YouTube video from big time QAnon grifter, Jordan Sather, uh, also all the way back on November 3rd, 2017. And he was saying that the storm is about to hit us,
2: yeah, people should be protecting me from him and Joe M because their armies are attacking me over the fact that I said that um that uh, Snowden and Chelsea Manning are good, but they don't they don't seem to agree what?
3: What I thought they I thought the people like the
2: no they like they apparently like Assange <laughs> I don't know why they like but Assange, they don't, they don't like, like, Snowden. like Snowden no that's why I posted about it because I'm like this look no further they, they're in- incredibly incoherent like, yeah the way no- they
1: they say that Snowden is a traitor a traitor
2: I thought that the government couldn't be trusted I I don't I mean yeah uh, fuck it it's literally just if Trump likes the person and the reason why they don't like Snowden is literally because Trump tweeted Snowden is a traitor yeah. Like back when he was just a Twitter queen and not like the president. <laughs> From Twitter queen to president. You heard it here first, folks. That's America right. the beautiful. You can QTube your way to the presidency. Yeah. Uh, so this is the Jordan video.
5: What this post also claimed is that today we may see an indictment of... A Podesta, if not both Podesta's, I don't think it's specified (laughs) in the post, but, and we may also see an indictment of Huma on November sixth. So Mm -hmm. basically, uh, shit's going down this weekend. The storms, the storms happening. Storms hitting us, right?
3: So (laughs) Jordan was obviously wrong there. Shit was not going down this weekend. The storm was not hitting us. No, no,
2: no, no. no. Plus, uh, I love that he was smoking a Jewel Podesta in in this. Video, <laughs>
3: <laughs> But of course, you know, the fact that he's wrong didn't, you know, slow down his rise as a sort of QAnon grifter because this audience, they just don't give a fuck. They want it
2: over and over. They like it the wrong way.
3: Let's say you already have a YouTube channel pumping out conspiratorial content. Uh, you can easily pivot to being a QAnon channel. Like I'm going to give you another example. This is There's a YouTube channel called the X-22 Report. And uh, the X stands for Extreme Reporting. <laughs> and the twenty-two, and this is true, is the channel creator's lucky number. So-
4: Doritos, Doritos presents Channel X twenty-two. Find out that Jews are behind it all.
1: Clearly, the channel was conceived in the mid '90s.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's like uh, it was made by like a fifty-something Gen X. So it's kind of oh.
1: extreme. <laughs>
3: So the X-22 report was a channel that uh, was created before QAnon, and it just constantly predicted this massive economic collapse that just never came. And when QAnon came around, it pivoted to QAnon and boom, just massive increase in audience size. So it's just this. This is so easy. And if you're willing to do it, then you can get a huge audience. So now we know how to create the content, like read Q drops. So easy. So but. You got to step up engagement. And yeah. Here's how you do it with step two, demonize. Now, oh, yeah. remember, above all, as a QTuber, your audience is hitting that subscribe button for a good story. And you are a storyteller. And you are telling a grand, fantastical, epic story from week to week or day to day. It's a classic story of good versus evil, light versus dark, the people versus the elite puppet masters. So always find uh, someone to demonize that your uh, so your audience really knows who the out group is. You know, pick classic targets: Dems, squishy Republicans, anyone that Trump is attacking that week. And of course, it doesn't hurt to sprinkle in a little dog whistle anti-Semitism every now and then.
2: Some of us like a healthy dose of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me the most. <laughs> some, some of us just get the ice cream for those sprinkles, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but, but this is most important, all right?
3: Always, always, always demonize the mainstream media. And by the mainstream media, I mean any news outlet that actually has reporters who go out into the real world and find information, editors who make that information understandable to content consumers, and fact-checkers who strive to ensure that information is accurate. And you know, don't, don't get me wrong. So you shouldn't like criticize the media for like legitimate good reasons. You should demonize the media for inane or baseless reasons. Important distinction here. So wait a second. Is
2: this why... Travis came in today with a fedora and a little press card pressed into it.
4: He's
2: also wearing glasses. I don't remember. And he's dressed in a suit. It's almost like he's LARPing being a a reporter. Is this what happened after he got that column in the Washington Post?
3: (laughs) So there, there there are actually perhaps many ways the mainstream media may be failing to properly inform the public. But as a (laughs) QTuber, don't bother touching those. Avoid explaining like specific concrete ways that the mainstream media isn't doing a good job because substantive media criticism implies that the MSM could hypothetically improve and get better. But you're not criticizing the MSM in good faith. You're turning them into an object to hate. You need to paint them as wholly corrupt, irredeemable, and untrustworthy. So they're not worthy of paying attention to at all in any instance, and they never will be. So... And this, this is just so easy to accomplish. You can even just throw out a criticism that is both unsubstantiated factually and also a non sequitur, even if it was true. <laughs> uh, I'll give you an example. Here's a, a popular QTuber called Blessed to Teach. And he produced a video called 15 Reasons We Don't Trust the Mainstream Media. And he says that we shouldn't trust the mainstream media because of a alleged quote from a former CIA director.
5: But out of the number seven reason why we don't trust the media, fake news they gave us in 1980s. Director of CIA William Casey was quoted here in the 1980s. He was the he was the 1981 through 1987 CIA director. And he talked about Operation Mockingbird. He said, "Quote, we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public
6: believes is false." False. Let me repeat that. This Wait. is what the CIA wants. Does he fuck up and the false? Mossad, the corrupt corrupt part of the CIA, the corrupt part of the Mossad. They want, well...
5: Mm, a little they, bit of anti-Semitism, quote, I remember telling This you. is Director William Casey. Quote, we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. That's the type of people we're dealing
3: with in this wait, new world order. Wait, they
2: control much of the government. Wait, what is he trying to... Say? He's he, trying to say false. Is he trying to say false? Yes, yes. But yes. he's saying false. 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 Like the guy is just, he twice in a row
3: can't say the word false. False? But, yeah, but the, the quote, yeah, the quote is that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll know our disinformation uh, program is complete when everything the American people believe is false. So, so that's
2: No one said that, right? Well, well yes, yeah.
3: Interestingly, try as I might, I was not able to confirm that the CIA director, William Casey, actually said that. Uh, so the person who claims to be the person who overheard this is a woman named Barbara uh, Honegger. She made this claim in a November 2014 Quora post. Uh, Barbara Honegger however went on to become a uh, she was a 911 truther who claimed that the Pentagon was not struck by a plane and the damage was actually inflicted by explosives so the source of the quote oh, yeah, okay. is is suspect. conspiracy theorist. <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know what let's let's go ahead and give her the benefit of the doubt let's yeah. assume it's true uh Honegger claims that she leaked the quote to the late White House correspondent Sarah McClendon, who then made it public so If the quote is true, then we only know about it because a mainstream media reporter who wanted to report on something damaging to the CIA told the world about it. Mm. And if it's false, then there's actually a reason to distrust Learn to Teach and not the mainstream media because Learn to Teach is pushing bogus quotes.
2: Yeah. What? Pretty lavish accusations. Yeah, that's
1: another note I'm taking down is is put a picture of somebody and then put a, a quote next to them. And it does not matter whether they said it or not.
2: One of the bigger like pro constitution ones is just like a, I think it's like a Franklin Delano Roosevelt quote that just like isn't true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just like posted so many times. That's all that matters is the quantity. Yeah, of course you know you point out it also like on top of all of that, like
3: a fucked up quote from a CIA director, isn't a good reason to write off the entire mainstream media. There's no connection there. Yeah. So, so either way, this is not a good reason to just say, to dismiss the entire MSM, but you know what? That's fine. As a YouTuber, you can go ahead. You could push confused nonsense and lies in order to discredit the MSM. And here's the best part. You know, all the research I did in order to attempt to verify the William Casey quote, me sort of tracking down this real source. None of that will be necessary when we become QTubers. We can just say whatever. Uh, Hey, uh, once Walter Cronkite said that the American people are stupid for believing the media. Did he say that? Who gives a fuck? It doesn't matter.
1: I think the real money for us is going to be in creating high quality uh, Q uh, Etsy t-shirts, um, you know, cause the people who do it now, they're not great designers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we, we could definitely come up with a, a our particular brand of, you know, keep calm common QAnon, you know, black shirts, big block, white font, you know, something that's a little bit more hip, a little bit more subtle. I, I think we could really make some good money. Absolutely. And if we did it on like Teespring or whatever, then we don't have to
2: actually manufacture anything. And you'll be the face of the of the. I'll be the face. I will do all the designs. We'll just make you... We'll just write stuff for you to read. Yeah. And then and we'll
1: doc and we'll give my real name and... Yeah, absolutely. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Cool.
3: (laughs) But here's why it's really important for you as a Qtuber to demonize the mainstream media. They are your biggest competitor. So... Every time someone watches a mainstream news network instead of you, that's money out of your pocket. So, really, you hate the MSM for the same reason like Pepsi hates Coca Cola or DC Films hates Marvel. Films. I don't, it's more
2: like Jolt hates Coca Cola or yeah. something. Like, cause the, I mean, yeah.
3: Yeah. It's cause you're, you're number two. You're the little guy. You're the independent content creator and they're number one. So, you just, you gotta paint the MSM as hopeless and worthless. You can even do it with lies. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, uh, You have your content, and you're telling your audience to avoid your competitor, the MSM. Now comes the good part. Part three, monetize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this part is easy because as a QTuber, you have built an audience of people who are not exactly critical thinkers, so you can pitch them just about anything, and they'll buy it. And the, probably the, the way they make most money is to go like the praying medic route and create like books and courses or on divi- um, divine healing or other assorted nonsense. The production costs are low. Yeah, right. And, and like,
2: it, and like, make sure that you, you publish like 12 of them so of that the course. people who are like the most fucked up by your bullshit, like they go deep, they become whales, yep. you know, they, they're really giving you all their money. Yeah.
3: Um, but if you don't have your own products, you could also just like partner with a virtual private network provider, virtual shield. Now there, there's nothing wrong with using a, a vpn to keep your internet connection private i use a vpn but uh the virtual shield seems remarkably comfortable with partnering with people who make QAnon and other conspiratorial content so i'm gonna I give you an example from a uh, the x22 report in which he pitches uh, his virtual shield offer today's date is april 5th 2019 and the title of the episode is deep state trap their move was just block no place to hide Now, before we get started, I wanna talk about security and VPNs. Why are countries banning the use of VPNs? It's simple, VPNs are not only powerful, but extremely useful for well-informed citizens. Is the United States next? Let's hope not, as your privacy is yours and only yours. I personally like Virtual Shield VPN. They are by far the easiest and fastest VPN around. This month, Virtual Shield is offering an Easter special of 40% off all VPN plans and all premium add-ons. Sign up for a 30-day free trial to Virtual Shield VPN and see what the hype is all about. You have nothing to lose. Get 40% off this month clicking the link below. Let's get into the economic collapse, political and geopolitical news.
2: VPN, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll shield you from facts.
3: Yeah, I I mean they're they're all like that. It's so jarring to see this sort of like this sort of really basic commercial
2: pitch. It's like, and here are here are the children that the cabal are eating this week. <laughs> Have you tried Charmin uh, toilet paper? <laughs> Anyways, next up the decapitation of Hillary Clinton.
3: Or alternatively, you could just sell you know QAnon merch. And you know, there's actually on YouTube there's actually a way to sip a little carousel right underneath the video that just sells your QAnon stuff. It's oh, pretty convenient. All right, cool. Um uh, or you could just turn the ads on your YouTube videos. So I personally encountered ads right before watching a video called Trump taking down the cabal and securing our children. It's happening. <laughs> presented by Burger King. <laughs> I was treated to this professionally produced advertisement for Upnest, an online service that connects home buyers and sellers with real estate agents. So so uh, there are just endless ways you can turn paranoid YouTube views into dollars. It's just... Just the yeah massive massive opportunity here. I th- I
2: just think it's weird that they don't do like the the usual stuff like gold like um uh, what is it like the bunkers that protect oh, yeah, you. I like, yeah, I saw that too. There was a lot of like get rich quick stuff. Yeah, like yeah. don't. It's weird how little of like the Glenn Beck style shit is is uh, what they're selling. Yeah, they have to settle for like podcast level sponsorship, <laughs> which is like. Hey, uh, do you hate going to the post office? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I know what you're
3: thinking. You're thinking, Travis, QAnon has been going on for nearly a year and a half now. Surely the QTuber market is saturated. And to that I say, wrong again, moron. Don't put words in my mouth. (laughs) America's conspiracy hole is never full. I want to give you an example (laughs) of someone who just recently hopped on the Q train to great initial success just just for inspiration yeah so there there's a woman named the kate awakening mm-hmm. and uh, she made her first video on March 15th <laughs> less than a month ago and she's made just seven videos so far but she has already 2.8 thousand subscribers and each of her video gets hundreds of comments super um,
2: engaged lo- sorry to interrupt but i just noticed jake is actually sending extended uh solo masturbation videos to someone that he has in his phone as not seth god damn it are jake. you still in touch with him dude is this like a stockholm thing <laughs> um what seth Abramson. i saw, i saw that man i could i could, I could dude you know, i could see your phone from here so dude stop looking at my phone okay all right sorry i don't all right but just okay you should i'm just saying stop it i'm just saying she's just not that into you jake you know you're better than this, I'm saying. You know, you need to yeah, have some self-confidence, man. Come on. You're worth more than this. I really don't know what to
1: say right now. I came in to do a podcast with my friends. Yeah. And I am being accused unfairly, I might add, yeah, of keeping contact with <laughs> a friend, a friend of mine. <laughs> I'm I just, sorry. I, I didn't mean to put you in that I position. was just reading his section. I was just texting a little bit. I don't understand yeah. what the big deal is. Well, you know. Here's a section from
3: uh, the Kate Awakening's first video in which she describes how she reacted after she got red-pilled on Pizzagate.
0: I could feel immediately that I would never be the same again. It was really heavy. And I woke up that next morning and I was like, great. Now what? Now what do I do? Um, and I went back online looking for help or direction. I don't even know what I searched for or what I was hoping to find, but thankfully that day is when I found out about Q and I say thankfully, because uh. I literally don't know how I could have survived much longer with the information I now had, if I had not found some light at the end of literally the darkest tunnel I could imagine, literally. Um, you know, some hope. As I said before, I won't get too much into what Q is here, um, but I will say that Q is essentially like a laser pointer that shows you what subjects to look into in order to find out the truth about the world that we live in. Um, You end up finding out that not only are some of the conspiracy conspiracy theories that we've all heard of possibly true, but that they appear to all be connected And there are some terrible things happening in the world at the hands of some very powerful people. And ultimately, and I think most importantly, you end up finding out that there are good forces operating behind the scenes um, to do something about it currently.
1: You know, i I find a, I, I find her comparison a little problematic. I, I would oh, say yeah, yeah. I would say Q is more like a um like a buckshot uh, sort of shotgun <laughs> shell. It's just kind of it's not so much a laser pointer. Yeah. It just kind of sprays in a big yeah. general direction, and if it hits a target or two along the way, you know, so be it.
2: That's true, actually. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like uh, spray and pray, as yeah, they say. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's definitely more of a spray and pray. <laughs> Uh, but like a laser pointer, that if you uh, look directly into it, uh, you will lose your vision.
2: She was basically saying that she was going to kill herself, and then found cute. Yeah, that's it's what like, it sounded what like. What the fuck, dude? And yeah, she realized
3: uh, uh, t- the the world is like a more horrifying and darker place than she uh, thought, thanks to Pizzagate. Yeah. By and the
2: then, way, I mean she's like a she's like a kind of very concert like a kind of a blonde haired very carefully prepared hair like quite good looking woman with like the, the the american classic makeup like She does not seem like someone who needs this. Like she's not alone. She's not. It's just like precisely why she
1: already has two point eight thousand followers. It's just like, of course, all the Q people are like, they're like, oh man, like we we we're getting the honeys now. She was like,
2: she was like, there's no Tommy Laren of Qanon. Yeah, like
1: not you. Like as a Q follower, you can't really jack off to like praying medic (laughs) videos. True. Uh, (laughs) You say that, Jake. But uh, what
2: happened that other time where you came over and you were in the bathroom for a long? Come on, man!
1: All right, let's come on. Open
2: the door. He's just going so bald, so bald, All so right. beautiful.
1: Let's, uh, you know, let's let's take <laughs> me out from under the microscope and, uh, you know, you know, fo- f- worry about yourself.
3: That's <laughs> yeah. so uh, the Kate Awakening. She's doing good. She had her first live video chat just a couple days ago. So like with minimal effort, she already has this highly engaged audience on YouTube. It's incredible. Wait. March oh my god so recent yeah less than a month less than a month she's Where's she's she's she's, uh, she's a rising star i mean there's just it's just it's just blue ocean blue sky
2: there's just so much opportunity it doesn't even matter if she believes in it she's going to make oh, a no. bunch of money not. and the qAnon people are so
1: fucked up that i'll bet there are no comments in the fucking uh you know live chat section that are like show your tits right, like
2: I'll, I'll bet that they're no they're very well behaved i'll very, bet very they're respectful. QAnon very respectful actually. Yeah, actually i'm sure they are it's more like you look like uh my daughter yeah <laughs> i love her so much can you just call her and tell her to call me
4: please
3: <laughs> so uh it's just so easy. So like there are just so many vulnerable people ripe for the exploiting. This is like a mostly older demographic who needs someone to take their minds off of a rapidly changing world and their personal isolation. And uh, they will throw money at anyone who pumps these feel-good lies into their brain. So what do you say, boys? You want to give a giant middle finger to our loyal listeners and start grifting the rubes? Yep. Oh, of course, I'm yes. all in. Absolutely, yeah. I'm in, yeah. Yes, no
1: problem. I, I think we should start a... A, a public ownership company with all of our listeners, uh, where people send a, in a POC. De- yeah, we will P- finally
2: be publicly operated company like a POC. We'll be POCs where where, <laughs> where
1: our listeners can send in uh, designs for T shirts. Uh, bumper stickers and and the way that we can actually do it and feel good about ourselves <laughs> is if we if we disguise uh, insults into the slogans right. that we put on the bumper stickers and the sure. t-shirts
2: kind of like the Stussy logo you know <laughs> so we'd still be red pilling people but then people who are not going to ever but get red pilled could still feel okay watching who are, it yeah well people who uh-huh. are in
1: on the joke would get great joy oh, out boy. of seeing somebody with a QAnon t-shirt that like subtly hints that they are also illiterate
2: dude I, I <laughs> fucking radically your mom for the lulls?
1: How many clicks does it take? A choose your own adventure story with Jake Rakitansky. Okay, so <clears throat> since it proved difficult to uh, construct a narrative around people sitting at their computers with a small rectangular portal to infinity. And uh, I didn't really have enough time to write uh, "Escape from Silicon Valley," where an aged Snake Pliskin embarks on a final mission to shut down the internet and save Ivanka Trump. Uh, I've decided to do a little experiment. Uh my segment this week is titled uh how many clicks does it take Jake to get radicalized on YouTube. Oh boy. I had to think to myself, well, what what would a questioning democrat type into that empty chasm of a search bar? And I actually posted this on Twitter and there were a bunch of people that responded and had like great uh great ideas of where to start, but a lot of them were very uh c- already kind of political in nature or conspiracy minded and I think that that already is going to trigger the algos. So I wanted to stay away from conspiracies because I know that that would immediately trigger YouTube's algorithms that seem desperate to point viewers in the direction of absolute sewage. Uh, So in an effort to not sway the tables at all, I have signed out of my personal account, which is already sandbagged with content that threatens to red-pill me further every single day. Instead, I'll be using data in quote, Search Journal Engine, about the most popular YouTube searches of 2019. They are as follows. Actually, I've stricken this because it's mostly <laughs> people searching for Jake Paul and PewDiePie, and shit, we know where that fucking leads. Uh, so let's try a different approach. <laughs> <Just> instantly, <laughs> your
3: first
2: approach up.
1: <laughs> yeah, my first, I, first thing, oh. it was like, PewDiePie, uh, Damn, man, fucking man. Jake Paul, all oh. Okay, so for what I'm calling my Catalyst video search, uh, and this was suggested to me by our, our wonderful co-host, Travis View, I'm going to use the query... Fortnite headshots. (laughs) So let's see how many clicks it takes to radicalize me. Okay, click number one. Uh, The video with the most views, uh, 11 million, that came up when I searched for Fortnite headshots is called So Many Headshots by streaming Juggernaut Ninja. Uh, The video is of Ninja, a young pale man with blue hair, uh, streaming his Fortnite gameplay and talking about why breakups are so hard. Oh, yeah, here we go.
3: Not the bar donated $10. Shout out to whoever just got dumped by their girlfriend. I just got dumped by my
2: boyfriend. And it's before finals week. Stay strong, man. We got this. I like that. Uh, Character floating in from From the the battle bus. Yes, dude. There are still bad players in the game.
1: Hi. Uh,
2: Ninja handedly
1: uh, demolishing uh, two enemy players.
2: One of which was clipping through the ceiling. Oh, time to put on some music and make <laughs> us become illegal immediately. <laughs> Thank you, Ninja. All right, shall we... Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's... Yeah, okay. Pretty, pretty tame, you, you, pretty get, you get the point. You get the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dude, it's pretty, he's yeah, chilled out. He's chilled out. He's playing some V. He's playing
1: some Fortnite. He's chill.
2: Oh, it's already a j- uh, red pill Jake.
1: <laughs> uh, I am now... <laughs> I have now subscribed to Praying Medic's newsletter... <laughs> <laughs> I will be doing missionary work for Praying Medic uh, in the next couple months. Yeah, I
2: just got broken up uh, with my boyfriend, uh, Praying Medic, Uh okay, <laughs> heading so, into finals.
1: So in the Watch Next tab, there are a handful of other gaming-related videos. But sticking out like a sore thumb are two that seemingly have nothing to do with Fortnite or headshots. The videos in question are celebrities doing Norm McDonald impressions mm-hmm. or... Flat Earth leader gets his five best points ruined. So this is where we're going to choose your own adventure. So Julian and Travis, I would like you guys to collectively decide, do we want to go to Flat Earth or do you want to go with Norm MacDonald's uh, impressions?
2: Personally, if I had to choose between them, it'd probably be the Flat Earth. Oh, you would go with Norm Macdonald? Yeah. Well, oh, my that's... God. Wait, what are we going to do then? Should we have to flip it? Because yeah, I'm it was... less interested in celebrities doing I'll Norm I'll tell Macdonald. you. If it was Norm Macdonald doing jokes, I might... All right.
1: How about this? I'll tell you what, guys. How about we pick one for now, Okay. and then and then
2: I will go back and tell right. you what would happen if we'll you the pick the other. Yeah, we're going to be cheating and going back yeah. in our Choose Your Own Adventure yeah, book. Which, which is what I am.
1: I died. Which is what I did every single time. Nice. Okay, so for, uh, okay, for our next click, uh, we're choosing Flat Earth. Uh, go ahead, Julian.
4: Yeah, hello, is that ABC News? Hi there. Um uh, I wonder if you can put me in touch with someone in the marketing department. Yeah. Great, thanks. Yeah, I'll hold Round, round, round. The earth is
5: round. Smart people found that the earth is round. There's proof right. about. Don't fool around. The data's
1: bound. Is
2: this bound. a pro-Flat Earth guy?
1: Earth no, he's an anti-Flat Earth guy. Uh, But he seems to be opening his YouTube video with a a tiny skit, or sketch, if you will.
2: And and it sucks.
1: It sucks. It's really boring, a terrible composition, very slow. slow. Okay,
2: so anyways... Wait a second. So he's on the phone? The joke is that he's on the phone. So he's on the phone with the advertisers? What's his whole point here? So
1: in the video, uh, we have this British scientist uh, analyzing five points made. In Flat Earther Mark Sargent's conference in 2018, uh, funny to note uh, that the beginning of Mark Sargent's presentation sounds like he's standing up uh, in an AA meeting. Uh, he he gets up and he's like, "My name is
2: Mark Sargent, and I am a flat earther." <laughs> I, so by the way, the opening of this video, the bad skit that he did, um, is kind of in almost Mark Sargent's style. Yeah, like I, when the, you know in that in the documentary on Flat Earth, which I, I do recommend. Um, they go to, like, the NASA Museum, and it's kind of this attitude of, like, oh, look at this stuff not working. Hello, someone's not answering me. Like, it's this it's this fucking dollar bin uh, Michael Moore approach. Yeah,
1: it is. It, it totally is. Um, so, to summarize the YouTube clip, which we won't bore you with, uh, the scientists completely dismantle Sargent's points, uh, one of which being that because a boat's radar can ping other vessels that are more than 15 miles away, the Earth must be flat. Mm. Uh, so, so far, um... So far, uh, still eating my steak and living in a huge mansion and enjoying myself.
2: That's your normal life when you're not red-pilled? That's my
1: blue pill. That's, you know, from the Matrix with me. (laughs) Upon completing this video, I'm offered a whole new selection to choose from. Uh, We're already getting into dangerous territory as an episode of the Joe Rogan podcast is prominently featured uh, and we know where that path leads. (laughs) Uh, Other videos include the same scientist dunking on more flat earthers, uh, a flat earth discussion part one, uh, indicating it took more than one video to discuss the plausibility of a flat earth. But one video in particular caught my eye. Celebrities that hate PC culture, volume 18. (laughs) Volume 18. First of all, I cannot believe that there are 17 other (laughs) volumes of this shit. Uh, Second, uh, this is a believable pivot. Maybe I'm a bleeding heart liberal, but as a straight white male liberal, I'm growing tired of being told what I can and cannot say. Let's click.
2: He didn't let us choose the adventure there.
1: So this He's is He's already
2: fucking up his own
1: this is, No, I'm just showing you the nom- you'll you'll see. Okay, okay. Um so keep in mind this is the third click away and from I climbed YouTube or into his soul. Fortnite headshots. And it's there I stayed until morning, this... which meant that I will Yeah, it opens with a weird clip of Grandma's boy for some odd reason. very close to me. Wow. Yeah, I didn't Where get Where you get your weed? I don't understand. From you, Dante.
6: Oh yeah. What's up, Mr. Teasel? <laughs> You're not a big fan of Hillary's, are you? Right. No, I don't like Hillary. Why her don't yet. you like anyway, Hillary? I don't like her anyway. Well, because I think she's the most corrupt uh person that we've ever had in the White House oh.
2: So
1: right away you got some anti Hillary.
2: By Norm MacDonald. Yeah, by Norm MacDonald. What the fuck is this shit?
6: I mean, there's there's so many um, uh, terrible things that she's done that we forget but there was one that I don't know why this was swept under the rug. But you know, she went into the IRS uh, and and looked at political enemies' um, tax returns. Nixon did that. Yeah, well, that, absolutely, Nixon did that. Yeah, it's a she's, well, one, a, she's you know a Nixonian figure. You know figure. that Hillary did that? Well, as much as I know anything, I mean, it was re- this was reported, and it was a it was a, a thing for a very short time because the news cycles go so quickly, and maybe nowadays. Uh, Nixon, you know, Watergate would have just been a, a, a Friday night story that would have disappeared on Monday.
1: It's just funny, you know. Funny is the is the is the world that I live in. You're funny. I'm interested. You're not funny. I'm not interested. Okay. And, and you're a funny I Nazi. No I love you. In gender or race or anything like that, what? but everyone else is kind of with their little this calculating. Is this the exact right mix? You know, okay. uh, I, I think that's uh, to me. It's anti comedy it's okay. anti-comedy it's it's more about you know pc nonsense okay then are you making us laugh or not right right you
5: need a, uh, black okay so right. so okay, can we,
1: can we pause the video down. for yeah, a quick yeah, yeah, yeah now look look what's on the right hand side already fucking peterson is All, already on the already side. already we get jordan peterson and look nice. who's at the top nice. fucking gavin mcginnis is gavin, is what? is right at the fucking top wow, um really it quick. turns out volume 10 opened with gavin mcginnis so to recap now again Click number three away from Fortnite headshots. Uh, The video opens with Norm MacDonald being interviewed by Larry King. Uh, The first lines of the video are Norm saying that Hillary is the most corrupt person we've ever had in the White House. Uh, The next clip is uh, legendary comedian Jerry Seinfeld claiming in an interview that SJWs are, quote, anti-comedy. So far, this video is beginning to steer me the innocent viewer into the right direction, if you know what I mean. It's so fast. It's so few clicks. Next up is Denzel Washington, the god, uh, talking about the difference between race and culture. I love Denzel, so I'm not going to try and analyze how this opens the doors for young white boys telling their mothers that Denzel told me I could do it.
2: Uh, (laughs) Oh my god. So then then (laughs) Denzel grants permission to all young white people in gaming to say the n-word. Yeah,
1: so then then they go back to Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, He's pissed at the interviewer for bringing up the fact that the majority of guests on jerry's show are white so now we're getting into it youtube's algorithm only three clicks in has started me off with some very soft surf white
2: supremacists. but there's what's funny is that there's no like none of this is like left-wing shit like it's no, no it's it's n- it's either innocuous or right-wing like and yeah. and i mean recommended on the right within three clicks is gavin mcginnis that's outright yeah. i run the proud boys the fact that we're seeing
1: a a well-known comedian pushing back against uh, general inclusion and diversity is it's cr- I mean, it's crazy. It's not even that like, oh, well, we we won't show we won't show this. It's like, no, we'll show you reasons why P- famous people are against it. You know what I like mean? like
2: volumes. Imagine yeah, being a young right. guy. By volume 18, you're like, yeah, they're totally right. Because it's just a compilation of the same shit. It's like people who love a specific type of porn, they like take the four seconds they love the most and they compile it into like 18-minute yeah. videos and then by the end, you're like, this is the only thing I ever want to do again.
1: So that's it. That's all it takes. In the suggested videos, Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, and honestly, if you're an angry young boy, that's it for you. Yeah, you're uh, done.
2: You're fucking red pill right there. Three clicks away from Fortnite. Yeah. Okay, so let's
1: rewind back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we had gone with Let's see if you had gone with uh <laughs> well, norm impersonations. <laughs> we're fucked because
2: it's Norm McDonald and again we know <laughs> this is
1: not going to go well. These were the by the way, these were the only two videos that were not like ninja clips. So if you weren't looking to keep watching ninja
2: and you yeah, want to you wanted see what
4: to else what came else? up What else? What else? Everyone
1: does uh, an
3: impression of you. All right. You're one of those guys that you're, you're, you make such an impression on people that
1: everyone that meets you does a Norm McDonald.
4: It's amazing how, like, uh, some of your friends, like, you know, seriously, like those guys who came out of Saturday Night Live, like Sandler, you, Chris Rock. Um, there's a lot of guys who sort of all of a sudden are, like, real big Everyone's players. Norm's doing yeah, Norm, well. Norm yeah. got his own TV. Norm's
6: what? doing well. Uh, what? Uh, what? Do you uh. hang out with Norm, or is it impossible? It's pretty impossible because he's crazy. He I, is. I, in <laughs> really L.A., I call great. him, and he goes, uh, he goes, I go, what happened last week? I called you to go on. You called me? <laughs> and I go, yeah. On my phone? <laughs> I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. <laughs> I go, well, you
0: didn't call me back?
6: No, no, Okay. And he's serious.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's crazy. Okay, so the, the video is actually quite charming. It, it's mostly SNL alum uh, doing a pretty good yeah. impressions of Norm Macdonald. To his face, which I think is funny, it's it's pretty rare that people do impressions of a colleague of theirs right to their face, but everyone in this video is, like, excited to drag Norm McDonald for being the biggest space cadet in the world. Um... As soon as the video ends, I was presented with uh, two more two more Norm Macdonald supercuts, which is fine. Uh, surely, if I continued down this path as a young white teenager, I would certainly find the most potent red pills. Uh, I'm guessing maybe within 10 clicks. Uh, the third video suggested uh, after the Norm Macdonald uh, impersonations is Bill Burr on feminism. Uh, it has 7.8 million views
2: watching it the other day you know Oprah's on there she's interviewing some clam,
4: you know and uh, she's giving her this big ridiculous intro like she's done this she's done that she's done this and she does the most
2: difficult job on the planet she's the mother and continues on immediately I just look at my girlfriend like, you know, like really being a mother is the most difficult job on the planet Oh yeah, all those mothers who die every year from
5: black lung, from inhaling all that coal dust.
4: (laughs) Dude, women are just constantly patting themselves on the back about how difficult their lives are. And no one corrects them because they want to
2: Okay. Okay, cool, man. Damn. Uh, So (laughs) That is both boring and stupid. You only have to watch the first 45 seconds
1: to realize where this road leads. And sure enough, right there on the right side, Jordan Peterson leaves feminists speechless. (laughs) Louis C.K. explaining the meaning of being white. And last but not least, uh, Bill Burr intelligently shuts down anti-Trump feminists. So, question for the group. I know that we'll always have people that... All have varying opinions on feminism or whatever, but why would YouTube be pushing content for the case against it or yeah. just
2: feminists getting owned? It's it's always aggressively negative and absolutely. Oh my god, dude! The top recommendation while we're watching this video on on my on my. Uh, tablet is Bill Burr epidemic of gold digging whores like it is aggressively uh, anti-female three clicks away epidemic of gold digging whores by the way I did not realize Bill Burr was such a fucking piece of shit yeah oh like, man what it, the fuck dude it's not even funny it's not even like ironic like anti-feminist stuff like it doesn't even have any nuance it's just like I saw this fucking bitch yeah. say that being a mom mattered I turned to my girlfriend I'm like do you get a get a fucking I get a load of this cunt. <laughs> so just
1: just I mean, it's a little bit different on my browser, but just scroll down a little bit and see and see what you get. Up oh, there's Ben Shapiro. Uh oh, Ben Sh- Yeah, Ben Shapiro. Yep,
2: there's Ben Shapiro. Uh, Joe Rogan.
1: Joe Rogan. Uh Judge Judy. Uh, uh,
2: Judy equals three, feminist equals zero. Oh, so here again, you got uh, the Louis C.K. The explaining meaning of being white. Louis C.K. SJW cringe machine. Uh, a cringe compilation about white privilege and fat acceptance. Fat acceptance. Cool, yeah. Dude. Fucking Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais roasting people. Another Joe Rogan. Uh, okay, so- Rogan Peterson and Weinstein on Hitler argument. I mean, Ben Destroys, Volume 3, another Ben Shapiro video. So, yeah. So on, We're already in alt-right. So, on mine, um,
1: four clicks below was Gavin McGinnis' Greatest Hits. So, yeah, from there, then you've got videos leading to Tucker Carlson, SJW owning compilations, anti-Hillary.
2: We never indicated a side. And also, uh, we're on my tablet. Like, I don't do YouTube ever. Yeah. So there's no reason. Yeah, for there's any no this. reason. This that is any-
1: straight up what's happening. So eventually, and this is my the last link that I've included, after three clicks, uh, alongside with Gavin McGinnis, all that shit, was Jordan Peterson shares his thoughts on Hitler. Click that shit. <laughs>
4: <This kid>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> click it. Fucking click it. Click uh, it and I'm going to make us listen to a little bit of it because it's... Uh, it's. So oh, Hitler God.
4: started... One of the things Hitler started... It, it's a very strange story. Oh, in many it's very strange, isn't Hitler it? Hitler was yeah. obsessed with order and cleanliness. Hmm. He was a very orderly person. <clears throat> and um, he was very sensitive to disgust, you know, because you think, well, the Nazis were afraid of the Jews, you know, because they were other. And that's not right. What What's more accurate is that the... Especially Hitler, he, 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 was, he was very sensitive to disgust. That's what it looks mm-hmm. like. And if you're disgusted by something, then you want to eradicate it. What mm-hmm. the right? If you're afraid frick? of something, you want to run away from it. If you're disgusted by it, you want to burn it to the damn ground. You want to mm-hmm. get rid of it. And his writings, like I read a book uh, called Hitler's Table Talk, which was his what? Uh, spontaneous discussions during dinnertime from 1939 to 1942. It's really mm-hmm. another amazing book. Oh, amazing what? book. Um, We had been doing some work uh, inspired a bit by Jonathan Haidt, who's done a lot of work on disgust and the relationship between trait personality. And I was reading this book at the same time, and it was just unbelievable how often Hitler referred to the people he was eradicating, you know, the Slavs and the Gypsies and the Jews and all the people he went after, as parasites and as rats and as insects and all of that. All right. So, okay, we can just cut that. How does anyone consider
2: this guy smart? What the fuck is wrong with... Our brains have... He then goes on... I'll
1: I'll fucking paraphrase for you guys. He goes on to say that uh, when Hitler first was working in the private sector, he was uh, obsessed with... um, uh, eradicating uh vermin from the properties that he was managing oh my god so
2: he's like yeah he's, hey yeah. hey to understand what hitler did you have to understand disgust he, he didn't hate. Okay? Jews. what does it mean he just wanted to eradicate vermin yeah. essentially
1: is like think about it this the way road he, goes he down. didn't
2: see jews he just saw dog shit on the bottom of his shoe and so he took a hose to it yeah. hey it's about disgust children it's not about you know nazism or the belief in the other no why why would it be that so hit pause yeah, hey, let's talk about the fucking drop of blood theory, you dumb dipshit. It was everything to do with other. You couldn't even recognize them as Jews, but if you found out they had one drop, you made them in other. How could they be dirtier because of one drop of blood if you didn't know it before? I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be arguing on this podcast with Jordan fucking Peterson. I know. It's, it's
1: unbelievable. It's... Okay, so so hit pause for a sec. And now that we've gotten here, look at what's look at what's offered. The first video that comes up. Jordan Peterson, IQ,
2: race, and the Jewish question. Oh my Christ. fucking god! The second one is uh, is Joe Rogan. Rogan ben and Shapiro. Shapiro. More Rogan and Shapiro. More Bill Burr. Bill Burr's again, like hanging out. Norm Macdonald. I didn't know he was like an alt right favorite. Uh, more Bill Burr. Uh, anti, yeah, shutting down anti Trump feminists. Hitch slaps? What's a what's a hitch slap?
1: I have no idea. Okay. That's a that's an insult from Christopher Hitchens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, is uh Jordan Peterson yeah, about uh, Jordan Islam, Peterson about the Muslim Islam. world.
2: Yeah. I mean, but look, like that's it. I mean And Christopher Hitchens, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. it's all all we're in alt-right, art alt-light. Yeah. And we're just already discussing the Jewish question. How many clicks? Three. 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 Three clicks. Well, We're four. talking about four. Four, four, four clicks. clicks. Four clicks from Fortnite headshots. The Jewish question <laughs> is in the titles of the videos. <laughs> and that's the first fucking one. It's the first one that comes up. Like, I don't know what to do about this. It's fucking... (laughs) How can anyone in YouTube not just try this for themselves, take five minutes and be like, yeah, there's something wrong. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's so obvious. So there you go. If you're an innocent kid looking at Fortnite videos, unless you stick exclusively
1: to Fortnite videos, YouTube will guide you to the alt-right. Nice. Like, what the
2: fuck? I mean, this search was conducted with no personal... Not a single... And I'm I'm not, like, a huge fan of whatever, like, people who market themselves as SJWs, but not a single pro-feminist or pro-Western or whatever, th- th- there's no balance. There's no balance it's whatsoever. Just, do you want the game that you started with or would you like to become a Nazi? <laughs> <laughs> Let me offer you a menu here, child. <laughs> Fucking child, by the way. This could be a
1: 12-year-old, easily. So... Yeah, and like I said, I cleared my cache. There was no history. I uh, No, we're you know, doing I it on a fresh it. tablet. And you're doing it on your fresh tablet, and you're all seeing it right in front of you. Fucking piece of shit. So here's the question. Why is it so easy to stumble upon white supremacists and anti-Semitic YouTube videos? Because
2: they're right.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Q and Anonymous has been canceled.
2: If you click on our YouTube's uh, next one up. <laughs>
4: yeah,
1: yeah, if you click on our YouTube link. But why yeah,
2: why it's not even not that no. it's not just that there's no
1: balance. It's not just that there's okay, there's no other side of the argument. It it's
2: actively pushing like white supremacist, yeah. And you know what it is, is it's what can get a rise out of you. And it yeah. turns out questioning the Holocaust gets a rise out of almost anybody on any side of any spectrum. And so, yeah. hey, now I'm engaged. Now I'm excited. Now I'm going to do more YouTube. So yeah. yes, of course, the algorithm learns and goes, hey, racist shit fucking gets them worked up. Yeah, gets yeah. them worked
1: up. Yeah, they're going to just... go maybe look at you know, and on the flip side, if they're you know, far left leaning, maybe they're going to go uh, look up uh, discussions uh, that are against uh,
2: Jordan Peterson's uh, Hitler analysis. Uh, That's the thing analysis. is, you, you might be interested in feminism. You're 13 years old. You're a young boy. You're interested in, in feminism. You're like, hey, some of my friends are girls. They're feminists. Yeah. Or they're starting to say they're feminists. Ah, uh, oh here, feminist. It says feminist, feminist. Boom. And now you oh, have here's a guy. Eighteen hours of like people owning feminists. Yeah. You know, and then by the end of it, it's like, yeah, fuck feminism.
1: Yeah, it's really yeah. disgusting. I mean, it's fuck, really disgusting. Fuck
2: you, Google. Fuck you, YouTube. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sure we'll have someone on like works for us. Listen, I burn bridges, and then Travis behind me with a fucking with like a just a slow moving army of like you know migrant laborers tries to put it all back together. Ugh, I'm pissed off. This has been a. This has been the QAnon Anonymous podcast. No, 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 no. Be, be. You got to be more friendly uh, when we ask uh, you know for five dollars. Oh, you're right. Okay, you got to do (laughs) some.
1: This has been the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Jesus, I think Jake just. Our goal. I'm pregnant. (laughs) Our goal is to become a self sustaining indie media platform. Oh, come on. Read it normal, you freak. This has been the QAnon Anonymous (laughs) podcast. Our goal is to become a self sustaining indie media platform. Uh, That won't happen unless we're able to put together the equivalent of a couple salaries. It also
2: won't happen if we keep letting Jake try to read these out.
1: Shut up. You can help us by going to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for $5 a month. Uh, You won't just be
2: supporting us. You'll also get access to more than a dozen premium episodes, plus a new one every week. Thank you. Our guest this week was Charlie Warzel. You can follow him on Twitter at C Warzel. That's C-W-A-R-Z-E-L. Our Twitters are QAnon Anonymous, Travis underscore View, Real Rocketansky, and Julian Field, that's F-E-E-L-D. It is the top of the month, which means it's time to thank our Patreon subscribers. Thank you to our new $5 subscribers, Calvin G, Kevin C, Chris J, Mark S, Michael, Nate S, Ian, Gaufain. Uh, Alex K, Nabobalis, uh, M.D. Taylor, John J, Axiomatic, Clay B, Vinny and Maggie. What's up, Vinny and Maggie? Uh, Brian J, Chris G, Matthew W, Cole, Venom DP, which I hope is not a porn thing. Brian, Scott GS, thank you for upping your pledge. Luke B, Thomas B, Phil M, dear VGATWTOE, well, I never thought it would happen to me. Uh, Max? David M.Y., Michael S., Seth M., Kate H., Jonathan M., Adam, Christina D., Alan G., Kathleen Q., might be Q., Casey W., Alex M., Randy G., Ashu A., Joel L., Evan, Troy S., Sarah A., Brian R., Marin Larson, Andrew D., Aaron, Jillian M., Emile H., Piss Tape Granddad Ryan E Jack G Elaine G Callum R Seb W Kevin B Matthew H Brian F David R Flex H Eris J Life's Little Struggles David M Sarah W Matt O Taro I John GC Daniel Adam E Liesl Andrew Jamie Gato del Agua Kieran H George P, Justin L, Daniel O.S., Tim G, Mark E, Rob M, Sabolsk D. Uh, Sabolsk? Uh, Sabolks? I don't know. I'm so sorry, man. I'm probably butchering it. Sabolks. <laughs> sure, you fucking <do. laughs> puts on like a shitty Russian accent. I know. I know how to say ben, it. Ben H., Mike A., Eugene B., ABCD1234, Oliver Y., Brian L., Maxwell K., V., and Malcolm M. And thank you to our new 10 bucks subscriptions, Mitch B, Jamie, thanks for upping your pledge, Joseph G, Stephen AC, uh, who gave us, who put in, uh, wrote in, I guess, 11.11. So isn't that that weird time thing where it's like 11.11? Do you guys know what that thing is? Um, there is a reference to it in uh, Peels yeah. in movie. Well, don't write in. James and Molly. Hey, what's up, James and Molly? I love it when, like, couples subscribe, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. Um, and thanks to our existing 10 buck subscriptions, Adam A, Allison L, Adam W, Benjamin, Chinchi, Cody M, Doug S, Dylan Y, James O, Jamie, John S., Josh R, Meredith A, Mike L, Nikki W, Owen H, Q Loves Kick Farts, Sabir, and Toon Army M I A. And now we gotta thank our new 20 bucks subscri- subscribers, the the Big Daddies, the Scrooge McDucks of this realm. Joel D., uh, thank you for upping your pledge. Andrew T. from Nerds Take on the World podcast, which you can find on Twitter at Nerds Take World. Uh, None Dare Call It Ordinary, which is another podcast, and you can check them out on Twitter at NDCIO. NDCIO. Uh, and thank you to our existing 20 bucks subscribers, Brant F, Chris M, Chris T, Derek T, Joel TH, Luke B, and Susie R. Uh, also, before we go, Susie sent us an amazing package with all kinds oh of goodies. Oh my it's the CPAC. so good. Incredible. And like one of the things is the, 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 the crown jewel, let's say, is Gorka's book signed to our names by none other than Sebastian himself. <laughs> Oh, God. I, we can't thank you enough. It's a fucking relic. Yeah, you're the best. Uh, so we will be exploring that stuff in in, in further episodes. There's just so much great stuff.
3: Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you
1: and keep you.
6: It's not a conspiracy. Yeah, it's fact.
1: And now,
0: today's auto cue.
6: They should be scared, man. And the one thing I was going to say about Q, he had a quote on there one time that said, uh, there'll be a time when it is not safe for these people to walk the streets anymore. And I got to tell you, what they're doing with kids, we know it.
4: Well, let me say this about Q. I I got manipulated by somebody close to me that I learned was bad, the Q was bad. There's some fake Qs out there, but the main Q is right, and I need to do a whole apology about it, because what they said about uh, Mueller starting to come through, and I have to actually eat crow, I just haven't figured out how to do it yet, that a large part of it is accurate.
6: Right, well, it it takes common sense and some work sometimes to decipher through the BS to get to the core, you know, and if people have the time and common sense, they can find it. But it's not safe for these people now. And uh, one thing you say that I like is you don't need orders from headquarters.